0: All right, you heathens, sit down, find your seats. It is time for another uh, lesson episode. I am your co-host, Professor Adam. I just feel like I'm in a bad porno when I say Professor Adam. Mm-hmm. It just sounds I wrong. Um, directly to my right What is... do I have to do to pass this class, Professor Adam? <laughs> I don't uh, graduate if I don't make this grade. <laughs> it's too real. Uh, my co-host... To the right of me, a a multi-time fantasy football champion. Oh, that is true. Um, He teaches a class down at the Historically High Rec Center, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, It's called, oh, what the fuck is it called? Oh, Peloton on Pot. Yes, I do (laughs) do that as well.
1: If you're not doing that, okay, I'm going to give you guys a little life hack here. So, yeah, like the Peloton, Echelon, whatever it is you ride. Go in, pick the one that just has the black screen. It's under your scenic rides, usually. Put on some, like, good music. Sometimes I like to do movie soundtracks, because, like, I can then envision the scene. Yeah. Turn off the lights, get stoned, and, like, the way that if you get, like, a good, like, body feel, it helps you, like, prevent, like, your legs getting sore and everything. Mm-hmm. It's It's magical. It can be magical, especially when it's dark and, like, the Star Wars theme comes on, and then you feel like you're (laughs) pedaling through fucking hyperspace
0: if you want. Yeah, that that sound-solid advice uh, is from my co-host, Professor Chris, and we are here today to—we're not going to make you walk the plank. Um, We're not going to steal your booty— might show ours a little bit from time to time on this episode, but uh we're going through the golden age of piracy. Arr. This was something that I really didn't know about until Professor Chris kind of turned me on to it. Never really been a big pirate person. Uh But I kind of grew to have a different respect for pirates and just what they did and how they did it. Um, so, before Not all, we, all
1: of it's respectable. I,
0: yeah, not respectable, but it, it was a means to an end. Yes, that's true. So... Uh, before we jump in, uh, just wanted to hit you guys up real quick. Got to get serious for a second. Um, thank you for all the listens. Uh, we're watching the numbers grow, and it's pretty incredible. And we couldn't do this without
1: you. It feels it feels weird, and it's all about you guys. We're still having a blast, and we would still be doing this if we had you know ten of you guys listening to us. But we're we're getting some new people. We're getting some comments. Um, like, rate, subscribe, do all that. And yeah,
0: that, that that's big. We got big plans for this thing. And the more of those five-star reviews, I know I, I always hear people beg for five-star reviews even if, you know, you Please, don't like sir, it. But, may yeah. I have
1: some more stars?
0: Five-star review would be beautiful. Um, let
1: us know what you guys are liking and disliking about it too. We are extremely coachable well, kind of, but we love hearing from you guys even if it's just to kind of let us know where you'd like to see the podcast go for an episode in the future or something that you maybe found interesting that we should focus on more so in, in future episodes. We, we love hearing from you guys. We really do. Yeah, this
0: whole introduction is literally just a listener suggestion. Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you could do that, that would be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, without further ado, let's uh, get on the high seas. Let's get in. Ooh, I like what you did there.
1: Pirates. Um, So, oh man, like learning about this. Pirates are, I think, something that if you ask people about, people feel like they know a lot about pirates, even like just having a very far removed knowledge about it. And thanks, thanks Disney. But pirates are one of those groups that, uh, what did I hear from somebody? It is time plus tragedy equals comedy. I, I And I was thinking about that, and that applies in the sense of when you get far enough removed from a topic, an individual, it, it really softens people's opinions of the shit that those people did and all of the bad, heinous bad actions, and then you just almost, like, you're almost in awe of, like, what the person may or may not have accomplished. Like, we look at Genghis Khan, and it's almost like a running joke. That it's like, oh, my God, he killed so many people, he changed the carbon footprint. Or, you know, his he fucked so many people, his DNA is within this and this and this. 11% of the Asian community. Yes. But when you, like, think about that, like, this motherfucker killed that many people and he just raped that many other people? Because you don't get that many just people being like, yeah, we're willing. No, they no. weren't
0: lining up to bang him.
1: And so I think pirates are one of those things that it's also been, what do they call it when it's been like... Uh, it's not anthropomorphized. That's when they take, like, animals and turn them into teddy bears and shit like that. I'm saying bastardized. And romanticized, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, bastardized and romanticized. So, like,
1: you see pirates and, like, even, do you remember, like, the as shit, like, 80s and 90s, you would see, like, the Daniel Steele romance novels, and it would have, like, a fucking guy with the bandana on his head and, like, the white shirt like, open, uh-huh. like, holding some like, hot
0: chick as, like, the ship is in the background. He's like, he was a pirate. He's got she the- <laughs> was the governor's daughter. It could never work. He's got the Seinfeld puffy shirt on, yeah. and he's just out there making it happen. But, I mean, these were these were, like, real fucking
1: people and in a weird way the kind of the rise of pirates in general comes from, like, a very reasonable and easy-to-understand place. And when you understand, like, where they came from and how, like, piracy actually became a thing, it, it's it's weird how the dots connect so easily.
0: Yeah. It, uh, the whole entire... I mean... I still see, like, different shades just learning about what piracy actually was, like, in today's game. What do they say? As
1: soon as there was merchant travel on water, piracy was, like, literally, like, right
0: there. uh, Well, and it didn't have to be that way, but it's just sort of this game of cat and mouse that you can play with the law. Because sometimes you could claim that you had what we're going to talk about are called marks where you were legally allowed to go after letter a ship. Of, letter of Mark. Letter of Mark. Yeah. That you were legally allowed to go after any ship but the ship that gave you that, or but the country that gave you that mark. Yeah, it's and,
1: mercenaries. You're, you're ocean mercenaries.
0: Uh, and so that's like a, a logical standpoint, but then when you take that away and that's been the way that somebody's made money for so long, it's just going to happen. You're going to stick with what you know. So some
1: terms that we're going to be using, the the biggest one we're going to be using is pirates. Um <laughs> Obviously, you're going to get where I'm getting at with this. So we have other terms, privateers, Uh buccaneers, Uh corsairs, and then pirates. So the difference being, and they they do have differences. So a privateer was somebody that had a, a letter of mark or an individual that worked on behalf of a nation and basically was a pirate and would try to disrupt trade and the economy of those other countries by trying to like rob and sink their ships. So you had basically privateers that were from England that were trying to raid and destroy Spanish ships and Dutch and Muslim. Portuguese. Who else? Was it the Muslim ships yet? Uh, the moguls or whatever. Yeah. Which also I think that's where that term maybe comes from, mogul. Could be. Very uh, true. I didn't even think about that. And then you would have uh, ship, French ships. So, basically, whatever country you weren't in, any other ships that were out there that your country wasn't friendly with, you were
0: trying to shoot and sink. So, privateers carried these letters of mark, and they... the other part of being a privateer is not only the ability to do that, but you were basically, like, when you were given your mark during wartime... Mm -hmm you were just basically another arm of that Navy. Yes, so you, you if, were if you were engaged in battle, you would be fighting for that side. Like you and your ship were constricted into the Navy. Uh-huh. And most
1: of the time, these were like merchant ships that were then armed with some cannons. Mm-hmm. So at this point you have, you know, England is a major sea power. Any of these countries in Europe that are on the coast are, are major sea powers. This is also the time when Spain is still doing all this shit in South America when they've taken all the ink and gold, when they've taken all the Aztec gold, and they're just fucking pillaging the shit out of this country, and these cultures. They're taking all of this gold, and they're sending it back to Spain on these huge treasure galleons. So you had Spain kind of doing that stuff. You then had the Spanish, which were kind of in control of the Caribbean, and yeah. all the little islands there. And it's, it's so crazy, man, that like... So piracy takes place, the Golden Age would they consider is 1650 up to, I think... 1730. 1720. Yeah, 20, they say 26, and then they kind of yeah. brush that off to 30. So, I mean, fucking 80 years that all of this shit that we know about pirates goes down. And this is still when the world is, like, very new and wild, and there's not a ton of people. I mean, places have been discovered. You have settlements and places like that. But the reason all this happens in the Caribbean is because not only do you have all of these Spanish ships and everything like that, you have play- ships from other countries coming into like the colonies. Uh-huh. The American colonies, revolution hasn't happened, but they're still under British control. So you have Spain all the way down South America. You have the British all the way up North America.
0: And then you have the French islands that are down in the Caribbean that they're traveling to. Yep. Everybody needs some kind of love. And the reason this is called the golden age of piracy is because this is like when all the shit went down across the Atlantic, going back and forth between these superpowers. There were Greek pirates. um, There were Italian pirates. Corsairs.
1: So any pirates in the Mediterranean were
0: referred to as corsairs.
1: And apparently there was a shit ton of that stuff because the Mediterranean, then the Aegean. So many islands. It's so close that, I mean, getting all the trade there, it would just be trying to take on each other's ships.
0: Uh, and that's really, we've seen piracy pretty much since we've had ships, I would say, just yes. like you said, since there's been movement like that, there's been Think pirates. of it this way,
1: when there were, like, supply trains going over land through all these yeah. civilizations, you had bandits pirates are just the bandits of the mm. sea is really what what it comes down to initially
0: so yeah the golden age is just literally like the finals it's the nba finals it really is because the, the end of
1: piracy happens at the end of the golden age it's not yeah. like it petered out a little bit it was pretty much the end of like legitimate piracy
0: we still got shit today but it's like summer league like it's there's still pirates are we that like that like work we're talking yeah, like the somali pirates captain stuff like Phillips. That. is that his name or was that the guy that landed the that's plane? That's only
1: referred to as piracy, and They're referred to as pirates because they're doing something on the ocean. It's almost like they need to come up with a new name for that. Because these are pirates. Yeah, they
0: are, but it's sort of the same thing.
1: Because is, they're but I taking... don't like Googling pirates. And the first thing that comes up is all the pirate shit that's happened in the last 10 years. I'm like, no. Google until 10 years. You Googled pirates. It was guys in the fucking tri-corner hats with fucking bandanas and swords and shit. Like, don't try to change it now. Figure out a new name for those guys.
0: They essentially do the same thing, though. The Somali
1: sea hijacker. I don't know. Figure it out. That sounds
0: negative. I know it does. (laughs) Yeah, so we have uh, what you just described um, as the privateers. The next thing that we're going to be describing would be the buccaneers. Yes. And the buccaneers is actually where this all starts, so maybe let's leave that um, for the last one, and then we'll just transition into what the buccaneer age was. Okay. Um Corsairs we explain the pirates in the Mediterranean. Wait, the Buccaneers were the first. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I mean. We'll leave it towards the end, so when we transition into the Buccaneer period, we'll just talk about that and then talk about what they did. Oh, I
1: got you, okay. Yeah. So here's kind of a little precursor also to like piracy and everything. So the Caribbean was ruled kind of off and on it or at least this point during the Golden Age by the Spanish. And so you had a lot of these English privateers. Again, these are like merchant ships. It's not like the British Navy is like, oh, hey, here's a bunch of warships and boats. Take these and go out there. They're using those to actually fight like the homeland battles to keep their actual like homeland safe against these other navies. So they're basically giving these guys the letter of Mark and it's like, okay, we'll like, we'll help you outfit these ships with some cannons and everything and then go about your business. If you end up shooting these, you know, end up, taking out these other ships and being able to steal their cargo and everything, bring it back here. And, you know, we'll make sure you guys get paid and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like they didn't get to actually keep a lot of that shit. I mean, they did to a degree, but it was in their description of their jobs. Like anything you get also belongs to like the crown.
0: You're going to turn that into the crown. The crown will then portion out your share for that. But at the same time, we're talking about a bunch of the easiest term would be to G.C.'s criminals. So whatever you're bringing back to the crown, that ain't going to be the whole load. Oh, no. It's, well, And they're
1: not criminals at this point, though. They're no. not considered criminals. These are just guys that were merchant sailors. Maybe They're people, still stealing. <laughs> not from the people that are hiring them. Yeah. So according to them, they're not stealing. They're liberating this treasure, whatnot, what have you.
0: No, man. This is... It's kind of like we were talking about uh, in preparation for this. Like... These are the gangs now that will rob other gangs' drug shipments, so they can sell I them for told a cheaper you who price. These,
1: who the pirates are? They're the Fast and the Furious crew.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the perfect because explanation if for you it. break it down, f- starting
1: from the very first movie, these guys are literally like robbing truck drivers that have families that are literally just trying. To, like the truck drivers aren't like evil. Like we're transporting like stereos and we're bad guys. These are going to like rapists and terrorists. No, they're just trying to like take these electronics across country, and you have these gangs of fucking people in cars shooting goddamn, what's the thing, the crossbow or whatever into the passenger seat yeah. so they can kick the driver out. Basically, but you root for the those guys. Like, fuck that truck driver. He shouldn't have been driving his truck there. Go Vin Diesel. And that's exactly how people feel about pirates. It's like, yeah, they were doing this kind of stuff, but goddamn, they were cool.
0: I. Uh, not really being a pirate person. I mean, I I don't really root for them. I didn't, I'm not a big, like uh, the uh, pirates of the Caribbean, not really my, my jam. I just don't have a lot for them, but I also see like the countries that were conscripting them to work for them in this privateer system. They weren't good people either. No, no, so no. So you were just uh, like nobody was good in this situation, no. except for the poor people that were being robbed on land. <laughs> well, and then the merchants just trying to literally do their job and get stuff back. And They're forth. also fucking people though, because as we'll talk about in the the pirate round they're getting squeezed to pay their deck people as little as possible and you know that their price traveling across That's true. They, like it's it's not I mean good. The,
1: I what I mean to say is maybe not like the commanders of those merchant ships, but like their crews that end up having to fight on behalf of the commander. Yeah. Those people are the people that I feel bad for. Victims this, of in circumstance, in these, this, you know, in these scenarios. So one of like the first people that would be considered a pirate kind of, or privateer if you're uh English was Sir Francis Drake. And he apparently was so fucking good at it, at raiding along the um, South American coast, like Brazil, like all those Spanish ships, he got the nickname from the Spanish, the Dragon. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty fucking cool. So he was actually the... Also, he had a plan. He was like, okay, so the Spanish would send all of these like treasure galleons, basically big-ass ships that were able to carry a ton of cargo. Well... If you were to load those things up with cannons, which are basically what are they cast iron? They would have to be. Okay, they weigh a fuck ton. So the more cannons you have, the less treasure you can take. So basically, these treasure galleons are pretty lightly defended. And to protect that, they would have these convoys of treasure galleons escorted by like these huge ass warships. In uh, the English, they would be the man of war ships. They're the ones that have like 60 or 70 cannons. You would see it in like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the dude that works for the East India Trading Company that has like the huge ship. It's got like the three tiers of cannons on it. That's a man of war. So you had like Spanish versions of that too. And they would escort these like huge convoys of treasure galleons.
0: Yeah. It was literally used to fight wars.
1: Yes. And so Sir Francis Drake is like, okay, here's an idea. They're still shipping a ton of stuff from the Western side of South America. But they don't have any warships there for protection. So I'm gonna take my warship and I'm gonna go around the tip of South America and I'm gonna he called it the soft underbelly of Spain. Yeah, and he like Cape just, of Good Hope? That that's Cape Horn.
0: Oh, Cape down of Good there. Hope, I think is South Africa. Africa?
1: Yes. Okay. So that's Cape Horn, but then between South America and Cape Horn, that's where you had the Straits of Magellan, where you could cut like a, some time off by going, but they they were kinda harder to navigate. Uh-huh. He ends up going that way and becomes the first Englishman to actually circumnavigate. So he goes up. He ends up raiding along like um, – that's Argentina, right? Along that? Chile? Argentina and Chile on the west coast. Yes. So he raids along there, basically ends up coming upon this huge like galleon, makes a huge score. I'm not even shitting you. The amount he brought back from this, they said it paid for the functioning of the English government for a year. It paid for the government to function. It paid. It was able to pay in
0: equal to everybody's taxes in England. Well, or that's, in it hybrid. was coming back to Spain for that purpose. In Spain, they just sort of borrowed it for for England for their their
1: purposes. So, but what he ends up happening is he gets blown off course and has to go completely through the Pacific, around India, around Africa, and he ends up becoming the first Englishman to circumnavigate the the globe. That's by, by piracy act, privateering accident.
0: It sort of makes sense though, because if you really think about it, and you get blown off course, and you can't really figure out where you're going to get back to being on course, yeah, if you just follow the sun around the world, just keep going. The you're other gonna way. Keep, yeah, yeah, you're gonna go around the other side. If you're fighting the wind for so long, you're
1: gonna be like, "Fuck it, let's just go with it and see where it takes us." The we Earth wasn't flat, yeah, we know so. people. Yeah, we we've heard of other countries doing
0: this. Uh-huh. We might as well give it a try. So as he was. The one that was going along the way, was he the one that was dropping off the cows and pigs on the island?
1: No, I thought that... was those those the
0: Spanish ships?
1: Shit, I don't know who that... I know know of that. I've heard of
0: that. And then they would come back and be able to use them for supplies later or if other people... Which is what the Buccaneers excelled at. Because the Mm -hmm. Buccaneers were the ones that would travel to those islands. And they would go out and they would hunt the game. They would hunt the pigs and cows that were on the islands. Yeah. And that's where they got their name. Because they would... Cut, or they would hunt the animals, then they would hang them over something called a boucan, which okay. was a French tripod to dry out the meat to That's basically they make, make jerky. jerky
1: because it would stay longer.
0: Yeah. And then they would come off the <laughs> islands out into the shipping lane and they would stop those ships and they would sell the boucan to the actual sailors that were out there. Yeah. And they were called buccaneers, which gets translated to buccaneers yep. in English. But that was, for some reason, their beautiful life and existence there. Really pissed off the Spanish.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. So you're like helping supplement and keeping like these sailors that are merchant sailors alive, which I get that also if you're doing the same thing to like the English, the uh-huh. Spanish are like, well, stop feeding the fucking enemy. Yeah. But for the fact that the Spanish were like, yeah, we need to come in and stop these guys from selling beef jerky and shit and everything. We need to stop this, the fucking Jack Links guys from doing this. They drive them off the first place that they were at. I forgot what the name of the island was. Yeah,
0: the first place was, um, they call it Hispaniola, but it's modern day Haiti. Hispaniola,
1: yeah, that's right. And then they end up driving them from Hispaniola, Haiti, and they move to a little island called Tortuga. Tortuga is real, ladies and gentlemen. So the movies did get that part right. And basically at that point, they were like, well, we can still dry meat. Or we can maybe just start trying to fucking raid the people that drove us off our initial island.
0: Well, and they got pissed because the Spanish kept coming in and attacking them. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to move out to Tortuga. Mm-hmm. We're going to fortify the shit out of this place. So if they come to us trying to look for war, we can defend ourselves. And then once they stop coming at them for war, they're like, well, we're still pissed off about this. So we're just going to head out into the shipping lanes and fuck these guys up now. Like, no more beef jerky for you. So
1: the Buccaneers weren't like what you would think of for like traditional like seafaring pirates, like with the the bigger ships and everything. The Buccaneers would basically have like skiffs and like smaller like rowboats. And as these ships, they would catch them. They would be coming through like the shipping lanes that were close. They would just fucking paddle out there. And the Buccaneers were like renowned to be like sharpshooters uh-huh. with these like six foot long fucking muskets, man. You would They're have still... to have any accuracy back then. So as they got close, they would fucking snipe the guys like steering the boat and the captain and everything. Cause then, and then they would like shoot at the guys like in the crow's nest and the were manning the sails to where it would actually stop the boat. There's no one steering it. They would be able to catch up to the boat, board it, and take it over.
0: It's a hell of a way to steal a boat.
1: I don't even think they were still in the boats in those situations. Well, just raiding them, yeah. Again. Yeah, but I mean, to get out there and be like, okay, take out the driver. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then someone goes to touch the wheel and get like, the last three guys that have touched this fucking helm have got shot in the head. Like, I'm not touching it. The boat can fucking
0: stop. GTA, Tampa Bay. You can just lay is- down and try to steer it at the <laughs> bottom of the wheel. <laughs> Why is our captain wearing a helmet? Why is he wearing a metal no bucket shit. on his head?
1: <laughs> so that's actually where the buccaneers come from. So they operated kind of in the time frame of
0: like 1650 to
1: 1680.
0: I, and just to prove our love of the buccaneers, we have an NFL football team named after them. We have Well, the, we'll get to the Pirates when we talk yeah, about so pirate pirates. We have the Raiders. Uh-huh.
1: Which are also the pirate theme, but that that is our obsession with these people that we name professional sports teams. Animals aren't good enough all the time. Now we need something else. And uh, also another thought on the Buccaneers. I'm sorry to say the, the creamsicle uniforms They're I fucking love those ones, but the guy with the sword in his mouth, that's not what a Buccaneer would look like. He looks
0: too Spanish.
1: Yes. And he's way too fancy. Come on. That's, that's like what I think of like a Corsair looking like if I hear Corsair I think that's what it looks like
0: it looks like a guy that would challenge you to a duel instead of just disemboweling you Mm -hmm. so after kind of the the time of the Buccaneers that's
1: what's kind of going on in the in the Caribbean area so over in back kind of over next like England and Europe and everything there is a guy by the name of oh who was the first guy it wasn't – Henry Morgan was the dude that was in the Caribbean as well, right? Yep, because that is where we get Captain Morgan Rum from. That's true. So he operated – he was actually one of the like the first kind of precursors to actual pirates. He was a privateer.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: And his, his big thing was he thought – he wanted to raid Panama City. And so he got, I think, like – oh, it was 2,000 men – together and instead of going around and going up to panama city because it's on the if you go back and listen to the panama canal episode panama is set up weird geographically weirder than what we thought so you actually have to like it almost goes vertical straight across east to west at a certain point so panama city is actually in south panama but it's not accessible from the atlantic side it's only accessible from the pacific side
0: you got to really want it to get there. But there are rivers
1: that get you close. And so Captain Morgan, Henry Morgan, ends up leading like 2,000 men. And after they get to the mouth of like whatever river was going into Panama, they get into smaller boats, go up as far as they can. They're getting fucking harassed by like the locals and natives and everything. Like stragglers are getting taken out. As they should. As they should. And then they end up having to like hoof it through the fucking jungle. (laughs) And then as they end up getting to, like, close to Panama, the Spanish find out that they're coming because apparently these villages have been cleared out on the way there. And as they get there, there's, like, 4,000 Spanish soldiers, but only, like, 300 actual Spanish soldiers. Everyone else is, like, conscripts of, like, farmers and, like, locals. (coughs) And they end up taking out the Spanish. But by the time they end up getting to Panama City... A ton of like the treasure has already been like moved and hidden and all this kind of shit.
0: Yeah, all that travel time on land gave the Spanish enough time to move everything. Yeah, into the and city. as
1: soon as they, you know, as soon as a local saw them or a Spanish person that was living in the jungle was like, okay, we got to get out of here. First thing they're doing is sending someone to go mm-hmm. warn the the main Spanish force. They ended up still getting a shit ton of stuff though. They ended up bringing a bunch of stuff back. There was, did you hear about the altar like in the church? Mm-mm. So there was a. Mm-hmm. Um, Big fucking altar and a big huge cross in um the church in Pan of the Catholic Church in Panama City, solid gold. And before they got there, a priest or someone there painted it and whitewashed it. So when they got there, ah, it just looked white, and they didn't fucking take it.
0: Hell yeah,
1: that's a pretty sweet. Mo- that's smart thinking. Yeah. So they end up getting traveling back. Uh, Henry Morgan ends up getting called back to England for like overstepping his bounds because apparently at that point during this whole deal as soon as he got back everything had changed and like the Spanish and English were on friendly terms Uh at that point so they had to be like well this guy Henry Morgan just literally tried to raid like Panama City what are you guys going to do about it they're like we'll we'll punish him he gets back to England and public support for him because what he did was so high that they ended up not being able to punish him they had to give him like land or something (laughs) and he ended up like retiring I think
0: Ed probably headed back down to the Caribbean and he probably did found himself a little bit of land and started Captain Morgan's rum. That's probably true. I, yeah, I don't know the story. behind. I'd like to believe that that's that the, that's sounds good the legend. Yeah. So the pirate round I feel like is, I don't know. I would say it's the most interesting to me just because of the way that things went, because this was a, an unstable time for the superpowers of the world at the time. Like they were beefing back and forth. When there you see were the issues. pirate round,
1: this is like the birth of the pirate, not the privateer. This is yeah. the move from privateer, the, the first instance of like being a pirate. Okay.
0: I, and it, it just, there's so much that goes on in such a little amount of time. Like you said, it's only a certain amount of time. But the world is like on fast forward at this point because those shipping lanes between the Atlantic, uh, the English, Spanish, everybody on the eastern mm-hmm. side of the Atlantic and everybody on the western side of the Atlantic, that's picking up like crazy.
1: Well, not only that, but you still have a ton of traffic where you get like the East India Trading Company. Yeah. It's a British yeah. company that is basically going down the coast of Africa, the west coast, going up the east coast. And all of that trade that's coming from the British colonies and the – it's. Britain is in control of India at that point, right?
0: They had to have been yeah. Yeah, East India
1: Company, I think, worked with. There you go. So you have all of this stuff like the spices, the silks, everything that is fucking all the rage, you know, in the colon or in Britain and all that kind of stuff. You have them bringing all of that stuff too. So at that, you also have in that area, you have the Spanish, that I think are also kind of trying to raid those ships, things like that, and then you have the group of. Was it the moguls? And that basically is like all of like the Persian countries and all of their trade for all of their spices and materials and all of that stuff. And that, I guess the British and the moguls were supposed to be like on good terms or something because they traded really heavily with each other.
0: Yeah. And all this action that we're talking about now, as far as what's going on in the Atlantic, it's... Just kind of like it's getting bigger, but there's really no reason to try to go after those places mm-hmm. when you hear in the Indian Ocean there's just a literal gold rush. they are floating boats of treasure and everything back and forth from mm-hmm. these mogul countries, and that's just too much for these guys to to try to wait on mm-hmm. because they can see that there's a quick way to or a good way to make a quick buck, and we'll see it in the post Spanish succession. But you have these merchant ships that are traveling back and forth. Um the war this is a, a peaceful time as far as like fighting back and forth. But all these countries need something for these people to do, and they're not paying them to do it, so they're starting to step out of the norm and go down and say, Okay, I'm gonna try to get me a little bit of this.
1: Yeah. They they you, wanted you, it. I, I have a ship, I have guns. What's to like, how quickly do you think that that would enter in your head? Like, is it your first, that's going to be first or second time you take a, take down a ship Yeah, or you, you, you know, capture a ship. It's got to be, look at all this shit. So we're going to send this back, right? Yeah. We need to send it back. Let's send it back. That second time you're looking at all this I and mean, be like, so what happens if we don't send it back?
0: Yeah. What are they going to do? How, yeah. how are they
1: going to know we took this ship? Exactly. We can just tell them that like it was lost at
0: sea. And this is where the letters of Mark are starting to come in real big. Because along with the letters of Mark, you have to get them signed off by a a head of the... The king had to sign the letters of Mark for England. I know that. Yeah, but as far as, like, the colonies and everything like that over there, they're still fighting to get their shit from England. I, I think it's England. I don't think it's Great Britain yet at the time. Either or, yeah. But they're still paying these super high taxes and tariffs and everything for all this shit that's coming over from England. So you have these governors in these colonies that are kind of fighting for survival on their own waiting. Like they're dependent on these ships. Their lifeblood is that trade
1: trading the stuff that they're able to get, which was a lot of it was like the sugar cane and Uh that kind of shit and tobacco and all that, all those farms that were in like colonial America. So yes, like it was almost, it was as important to keep those shipping lanes open for stuff coming in. Because there was stuff there that they couldn't build yet, and they had to get money, so they were trying to send their stuff out. So if they their ships were getting taken out by pirates and everything, and the merchants were like, "We don't want to come to your port anymore," like well, that that could kill like
0: uh, that could kill a city. Uh, and it was it was that, but then there was also this thought of like, "Hey, if we send these letters of mark out to these guys, and they travel down to the Indian Ocean." And they're picking off these East India boats and these other traders that are going and then bring them back to us. All this merchandise that we're getting that we legally allowed them to attack as long as they weren't English ships, we can sell this shit in our cities. We Mm -hmm. can turn this into a lifeblood and there's no taxes that we paid on it because they just went and procured it from somebody else. So these governors are starting to sign off on these checks really, really quickly to send them down there because the faster they get down there, the faster they can start stealing that shit. The more these colonies are going to be able to grow. So one of a uh, guy
1: that was that most people have heard of, Captain Kidd. Yep. So William Kidd. So he was a he was actually Scottish. So I think that actually maybe lends to that it was the United Kingdom at that point. It, it could may have be. been united at that point.
0: Well, and he, I mean. He married a lady over there, I think. He married a lady, a very, very rich woman when he was in America because he did come over to America. Mm -hmm. And then he did ultimately, well, he he ended back in England. (laughs) Yeah. So he was a privateer on behalf of England,
1: and he basically got sent into, like, the Indian Ocean. And kind of through when he was first getting ready to set out, he kind of set the tone for how, his attitude was going to be early on. Did you hear when he passed the naval ship when he was heading down the Thames?
0: Yeah. So just the lead up into this, um, has a fairly successful career, is sort of like a privateer before, takes a step back, moves to New York, ends up marrying this heiress, and while he's over there, he's starting to get the itch again. Like he wants to get back out there on the high season and make this happen. And what you're good at. Yeah. So he speaks to the, I believe it was the not a governor but somebody higher up that was english that was in new york city with mm-hmm. him. Um says, "Man, I think if we start pooling our money together for me to buy an actual ship, I can go down and knock this shit out left and right." Cuz like that doesn't sound like a bad idea. We're going to need more funding though. So he goes back to England, talks to I want to say it was like the new governor of like South Carolina or something mm-hmm. that's still living over in England, hasn't come to America mm-hmm. yet. He's like, "Hey man, I got this guy who wants to go down and raid some stuff. Um, we just need a little bit of money to make it happen. He already has his letter of mark. Everything's going to be okay. Um, he's a tried and true, yeah. Seaman he and everything. he, he, he knows exactly to what he's doing in the navy. Yeah, ends up talking him into it. Then uh, the all unshocking twist: he goes to King William. And King William says, yeah, let's do this. Um, I'm not going to chip in on any of this, but I get 10% or 20%, whatever it was, of whatever he brings back. Because you get to fly my flag. Exactly. So the English are still doing this. They're like, we're going to build you this boat over here. So guy comes back to the United States, tells the kid, all right, we're on. Go back to England. Pick up your boat. This all blows me away because thinking about this nowadays, that's like one flight over there, one flight back, one flight over there, one flight back. That's like a... Two, three days of travel for all these flights. Yeah. To sail across the ocean every single time is a matter of weeks, isn't it? If not
1: more. So I want to say, because you were contingent on catching the wind, it depends on the boat. If it's a bigger boat, they move slower, despite all of the additional sails and everything. So, I mean, and, and that's one of the big reasons, too, like, that this whole thing with, like, when you imagine, like, pirates and everything, you see, you know, the big boats, tons of cannons and everything... In reality, pirates were more into like, not like fucking canoes, but I think they were called sloops. Yeah, sloops. Like one mast ships and everything. They had a very short draft so they could operate in very shallow water. You're talking about like 60 to 80 people on one of these yeah, and at that's, the max. And that's the thing, too, is normally a sloop, if it was a fishing sloop, it would have like 10 people. Uh-huh. But because the role of this is to get these people on board that other boat to take it over,
0: you're traveling with a lot more guys. Well, and you have to have room to haul your shit back. Yeah. Whatever you take. So William finally gets, or the kid finally gets over there. Captain Kid finally gets over there, gets his boat. Uh, first thing that he does is like, I got to get me some guys. Like yeah. i got to get my guys in here. Somebody that's highly trained. He's going to build the A team. Uh, and that's one thing that we kind of forgot to talk about in the beginning, but the way the pirates work is so different from any of the movies or anything like that, because they had a lot of order in what they did. Yes. And they had ranks on the boat, um, captain quartermaster, there was a sailing master, a munitions master, there was a doctor, there were officers, and there were gunners. Officers and gunners were basically like the guys that worked the, the deck. So like a quartermaster
1: too, like think of a quartermaster not so much as a first mate because a first mate is more loyal to the captain mm-hmm. and like second mates, things like that. Quartermaster was kind of like the magistrate of it. He's like the boat per- mom. He, yes, he was the one that everyone came to with their gripes and complaints. He was the one that was supposed to be most trusted by the crew. And also, a huge difference from naval structure is that with the the things we're going to talk about are, are going to be reasons why piracy could definitely look attractive to these people oh, yeah. on on pirate ships, it was more of uh, is egalitarian the the word I'm looking for? Yeah. When it came down to like dividing up like plunder and prize and booty and all that shit. Like all of the crew got equal shares. The captain would maybe get uh two shares captain
0: and quartermaster each got two shares, and then it would Everybody drop else down on the boat got one share
1: yep, and then it would drop down like to a share and a half for like sailing master munitions people like that, and then one share, so there wasn't a huge discrepancy where it was like half is going to the captain no also in regards to like where the boat was going to go and what kind of like missions or you know where they were going to go try to look for ships to attack, it was done by crew vote. Like, the crew, people got equal say in what they were going to do because it was their lives on the line. You did also have people that were, you know, munitions masters, doctors. It's not like you go find freaking, like, One-Eyed Joe at, like, a village in Haiti. These were people that had served on ships Uh as doctors or in the Navy as doctors that once it came time to kind of make that decision about... Well, are we going to keep doing this privateer thing or this thing's kind of slowing down? What do we do with all these skills that we developed? We've kind of gotten used to maybe a little bit of this lifestyle. What if we could make it better by not having to send any of the money back and we just live free?
0: The the allure of it makes so much sense to me. As far as roles go, like you're talking about, they were voting on where they were going. So the only time that the captain was actually in charge of the ship was during war. Yes. When there when there was combat going on, the captain was in charge. Mm-hmm. As far as driving the boat, the quartermaster was always the one that was manning the helm.
1: You had a navigator who would plan the routes that yeah. would be the one that would know
0: the most about the area, the you know, the currents and things like that. And if you had a problem with any of these people on the ship, um, The best thing that you could do was to bring it to a vote, whether you want your captain to stay captain, whether you want your quartermaster to stay your quartermaster. Mm -hmm. And that was why they had to have so much trust and respect for each other on a lot of these ships, was because if you pissed off enough people, they were just going to vote your ass out. Usually the person that brought up the, I'm going to challenge your position, would be the guy that would then be voted into the next position. But as the quartermaster, part of your job is to make sure, like, if two guys on the boat are fighting... Like you have to decide what goes on there. Like you have to decide: are they are we docking this shit? And you guys are going to go hand to hand combat on the beach? Mm -hmm. Are you going to have a duel? Are you going to shoot at each other? Are we giving you guys both knives and you're going to go at it that way? Like there was just rules of order that the quartermaster had to be over. So if you weren't fair doling out punishments or you were favoring other people, if enough people saw that, they could vote you out of your position. And being voted out of the position sometimes means staying on the ship. Other times being voted out of the position means that they're going to give you a few rations and give you a shit canoe or something that Mm -hmm. they had raided off of somebody else. And then you're going to paddle your ass close to like the closest landmass and try to either live there or try to get picked up by another boat. Like there were very fast and hard rules for some of these people that if you got kicked out, (laughs) you were
1: kind of fucked. Like they weren't going to kill you. No, but like imagine coming from a position where you were in the Navy or, you know, merchant ships where you had no say it was where the yeah. captain decided regardless of that captain's status or his ability to be in that job how many times do you think that like the people that were captaining these merchant ships or that were captaining you know these naval ships were there because of their family name
0: mm-hmm. and everything
1: it didn't mean that they were competent commanders and so it was much more of a what do you call it if it's based on performance
0: i i would just say yeah it was a performance based
1: job yeah but there's a there's a word for it what am i Merit. trying to say Meritocracy. Yeah. So basically, there was penalties for you if you weren't doing the job well, whereas in the Navy, if you were not doing the job well, chances are you were just going to keep that rank unless you led to, like, a devastating loss of your men and everything.
0: Yeah, you were just going to kind of meddle in uh, just mediocrity. Yeah. But they had these things. As far as you see any kind of, like, pirates are wild, pirates are dirty, anything like that. And we'll talk about some of the myths towards the end. But they actually had something that were called Articles of Agreement Mm -hmm. that every boat had, that every captain on these boats had created. And the only way that you were going to get onto these boats was to sign on the dotted line and agree to those. Yeah. And if you didn't, the penalties were pretty nuts for some of the shit that they would do.
1: Yeah, for as much as, like, you see the stereotypical – it's like riding through Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh You get to the scene in the village and, like, the pirates are just running amok and they're chasing people and all that kind of stuff. Yes, that shit did happen when they were raiding villages and everything. But it's not like it was just there were no rules. Cause you also had have to imagine this just from strictly like a human standpoint. Yeah, you're wanting to go out and have this freedom and you're gonna want to go, you know, build this new life for yourself, but you're not gonna stay somewhere where there's no no rules protecting your safety where there's no, like, rule against, like, oh, no, like, you can just kill each other. Like, if if one of you wrongs the other, you think he stole, like, your fucking handkerchief, you can just knife him when he's sleeping. Like, no one's gonna stick around for that shit. And I think that's where you kind of get, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean thought when you look at those pirates and they're all crazy and it's like, these are murderous, bloodthirsty. They they were that. Some of them were that, and they had to be that way to be able to intimidate and try to take over these ships. But for the most part, I mean... These guys were a little wild, but they still had this structure, and they still respected like certain command.
0: Well, and they some of the shit that they would do, like one of the things that I read that I was sort of shocked by, but at the same time, we sort of see things now, which kind of makes sense as to like where they got some of the ideas for modern like pirate renderings of. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you killed a guy on the boat, and it was proven that it wasn't in self defense, and you just murdered him. Uh, one of the things that they would do was they would chain the dead body of the guy that you killed to you and then push you overboard. So instead of, like, the cannonball around the ankle yeah. that they would throw you in, the actual guy that you killed was then strapped to you, and you guys were both tossed overboard. So that dead guy that you killed is going to suck you to the bottom Not of the like ocean. Not only that, but if he's bleeding. Can you yeah. imagine, like, just shark bait? Sharks coming, anything like that. So they... They had some pretty aggressive ways to handle anything like that. And you see that once everybody else in the ship's probably going to shape up. Yeah. And as far as that goes, the cleanliness of the ship, you think pirates, you think like just dirty people, Mm -hmm. they had these things pretty clean and swabbed up because everybody on the boat had a job. Everybody on the boat knew what they were doing.
1: So we'll get back to Captain Kidd here in just a second. Oh,
0: fuck. That's where we were. (laughs) I know. Yeah.
1: But I want to. Okay. So uh, do you know what scurvy is? Yep. Okay, so it's a vitamin C deficiency. Vitamin C deficiency. So crazy fucking fact I heard. When the Royal Navy would send out, uh, like, send out ships and everything like that over to like the New World and everything, their ex- expectancy was to lose half of their crew to scurvy. To just fucking scurvy. That's not storms. That's not any of that shit. So they didn't know that what scurvy was is it's a vitamin C deficiency because you wouldn't be getting any vitamin C out at sea. You know there are only like five animals in nature that can't produce their own vitamin C in their body. We're one of them. Humans, it's, it's monkeys. Us. It's like great apes, us, and a couple other animals that are like non-primate like primate related. All other animals manufacture it themselves. That's why they don't have to like supplement it. <laughs> so a, a crazy fact is so, yeah, so half of them were accounted for they expected to lose half of them to scurvy. Well, they kind of found and scurvy. Oh my God, man, without vitamin C, apparently like it, it, um, you don't have collagen support. So what it starts with is you start like getting tired. You're losing energy. You'll start to bleed. Your gums will bleed. Your teeth fall out. Um, you can start to bleed around your hair follicles and everything. And what happens is your wounds won't heal, and even scars that you had will reopen.
0: Well, that's what um, Captain Kidd will learn later on through an incident that happened on one of his boats. But if you are injured, your body doesn't repair itself the same way.
1: Well, and the other thing, too, so so the British figured out what they would do is they would supplement and provide their sailors with limes. Or no, sorry, lemons first Uh that they would get from Sicily. They then changed that over to limes because they would get those from India. That's where the term limey comes from.
0: Limey bastard? Yes. Huh.
1: Because all of them would be eating limes, like all the sailors and all the people that, you know,
0: were, you know, because of course you're having to sail to all these locations. You would see them eating limes and using limes. I know it is uh, pretty important ingredient in the grog that they make that they would drink out there. That
1: that was something that the pirates figured out how to supplement is they would make grog. They would use the lime juice mm-hmm. in it and it had enough of the vitamin C in the lime juice to keep pirates from getting scurvy.
0: Yeah. So everything that professor Chris just told you about people like half of them are going to make it. And then this whole deal with scurvy, captain Kidd ran into both of these situations and things got real rough for him. So Back to it. He gets his men. Very highly trained men. I see this as a movie loads montage. The boat. Like from a Groover where he's going in and he's yeah. meeting all of the guys
1: from his old team. And it's like you're gonna be the best! And they're like shaking hands and doing like the Arnold Schwarzenegger handshakes and he builds his his dream team.
0: Hey, so as they're leaving port in England I, I'll let you take this over because I don't know if I can like not giggle when I hear this shit. <laughs> so the, his ship was called the Adventure Galley.
1: And it was a Pretty, pretty well, like, built ship for what he was going to be doing. It had, like, 34 cannons. Um, these ships still had oars, surprisingly enough, to where they could extend them out. Because if there was no wind and they were trying to, like, catch up to a ship. Yeah.
0: It, anything that had galley in it, that's what the galley was. It it means the kitchen now, I think, on most boats. Yeah. But it was the spot underneath where you could stick the oars out and row. Yep. So if you didn't have wind power, you could still get moving. Yep.
1: And he had 150 men on this thing. And so he's sailing out on the River Thames, heading out for the open sea. There's a naval, they call it a yacht. I'm not sure what size the ship was. So apparently if you're passing a Navy ship, you're supposed to fire a cannon shot or a shot into the air and then do something as a sign of like respect. Like a salute. Like a salute for him. He doesn't do it. As he sails past. So the yacht gets pissed and like fires like, a, like hey, you didn't see us. It fires a shot. And it, this is just like a shot in the air. Uh-huh. is like, hey, you were supposed to fucking do this. And so Kid has his men like <laughs> climb up the rigging on the boat. And apparently a huge insult used to be like slapping your ass in it their direction. Is. It, it still, still is. is. But like, what was it off Monty Python? Or doesn't he like slap his butt or something like that? Or... The guy, the French guy in the castle. I don't remember. He's either patting his... I can't remember if he's patting his head or patting his ass or something like that. So the fucking yacht (laughs) turns around and fucking boards with kid ship. And um, if you've ever heard the term press gang, I was press ganged into it. Press ganging was this thing where the military could basically come on to your ship or just wherever you're at with your crew... And force the members of your crew to now be naval members. They took half of his fucking crew <laughs> and press-ganged them into military service on these other ships. He, like, lost instantly half of his crew for fucking slapping his ass and not firing a shot to these guys. Bad deal.
0: Don't, uh, don't moon the Navy. A, don't
1: do that. a hard and fast rule. So he ends up then heading for the Indian Ocean. They end up getting, what, cholera? Yeah. And like another third of his
0: crew dies from cholera. Yep. That half the crew that you're expecting to lose to some sort of sickness cholera, I think, or was it typhoid fever? Well, you lose half to press ganging. So, yeah. right there, that's your scurvy. Well, then a third of the reduced crew. To be fair, the Navy didn't just take, the Navy gave them some guys back. But it was all the worst sailors on the ship that's for the true. Navy, which if you're huffing it in the Navy, you're probably not going to be real well liked when you come on a pirate mm. boat. And apparently Madagascar at this time was like the pirate haven
1: yep. in in the area for, um, for the Indian ocean. So through kind of his experience in the Indian ocean, everything they're you know, they're catching a couple boats. Um, they're not seeing a lot of action. And when you're not seeing action and your crew and their success is predicated on action, they can start to get a little restless. Well, Mutinies are not that uncommon. All it takes is for a group of people to remove you from power and get pissed off enough that they're not making money, and you're fucking out of there. And mutinies, usually, you know, they could end to where you're just lowered in position and you're
0: not the captain anymore, or they could just kill you. Yep. Yeah, that's it's a very, you can stay on the boat, Uh, we're going to send you off on your own boat, we're going to drop you off on an island, or we're just going to kill you.
1: So he kind of gets in a position where he's a little bit desperate and gives into his crew who is basically telling him, we need to just start attacking these other ships that we're seeing. Well, these other ships that they were seeing were not Spanish ships, but they belonged to the, was it the Mogul emperor or think- the Mogul dynasty, something along those lines. Yeah. And these things are basically carrying just a shit ton of like all of this like Persian loot and, uh, supplies, uh, goods for sale. And he ends up they take over the first one and i'm trying to remember exactly what happened after they took over the first one he he knew that at that point there was kind of no going back cuz right. they were also flying the british flag but
0: right. yeah that's it's a very interesting trick I, we got to finish the story we'll talk about that at the end as okay. far as how the flags and how the yes uh cover that they went into these yes. things happening. why
1: the flags are so important. Yeah. It's not just, like, for ceremony or, like, to be flashed. There's very, like, specific meaning to these flags.
0: And when you explain, or when we explain it, you're just going to be sitting there like, this is the dumbest shit ever, because literally anybody can do this. I know. <laughs> like, why didn't everybody do this? So Captain
1: Kidd ends up, through a series of circumstances, basically becoming a pirate, and can't go back to England or anything like that. Um, he'll be put up on, on charges.
0: Yeah, um as he's fighting with his crew and I think you were maybe getting to this, I think this happened potentially before the first one. And this is sort of what spurned him into being a pirate. Mm -hmm. Uh, his guys are so fed up with him. Like, you're going to be out, man. We, we can't deal with this anymore. We don't get paid unless we take these ships and you're just blue balls in us. Every time we see one of them go by, you're not jumping in on this. So uh, eventually it gets to the point to where they're getting ready to kick him off. Um, Captain Kidd gets in a little bit of a skirmish with, I don't know if it was like a first mate or somebody that was higher up, but it was somebody pretty well liked by the ship. Yeah. Um, As Captain Kidd gets angry, he for some reason picks up a bucket, a wooden bucket on the ship that has a metal ring around it and just smacks this dude upside the head with it. Knocks him clean out. Uh, They think, okay, that was pretty aggressive. I don't know why he had to do that to him. The guy ends up dying. And later on, it was sort of found out. I don't know how they did this so far along, but they said that the shot to the head with the bucket wouldn't have killed him unless it was a situation where he probably had had scurvy, Hmm. and the scurvy is what prevented the shot to the head and, like, his skull from healing. So he didn't ever bounce back because he got hit, and his body was so scurvy-ridden that it couldn't repair itself in time for it to be good. So... He's got a murder under his belt, and he has to do whatever he can to try to keep these people on his side. He he basically just violated like one of the the golden rules. Yeah, you can't do on the ship as a He's captain. in charge of a, yeah,
1: as the captain that he's in charge of enforcing. So as these guys are like, "Hey, you just killed someone," he's like, "Hey, did I hear someone say that there's a ship that we can go <laughs> try to find?" It? And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I say we go find a ship," and they're like, "Yeah,
0: yeah, let's do that." Here <laughs> I'm just really. Um, just,
1: is that it what is that? Yeah, let's follow that. <laughs> let's go, let's go follow that. So um through kind of a series of events, he ends up kind of like feeling like he's guilty about this or something like that. He tries to he communicates with this guy in Boston and is basically like, Hey, I don't want to be a pirate anymore. <laughs> or um I need to like hide out because I'm being hunted by the British Crown because now these moguls have complained to uh, essentially British, the higher-ups in royalty in the Navy, that their ships are getting raided by this guy flying a British flag. I'm like one of the only guys down here, so they know it's me.
0: Did that happen before or after he takes over the uh, odd ship? The one that gets him in trouble? I think that was after. After? Yeah. So yeah, after he took the ship or after he hit it, hit out? No, so he he goes to hide out basically
1: in Boston. Okay. And that's kind of the end of him because he goes to hide out in Boston while the guy that he was supposed to be hiding out with is basically loyal to the crown and then turns him in. Oh, no.
0: Kid? Yeah. No. No, no, no. That wasn't Kid? So so Kid's ultimate ending, they're back over in the Indian Ocean. They see this liner out there, and it is an East India trading uh, ship. Mm Mm-hmm when they go and they try to raid it and board the ship, the captain of the ship is actually British. And since the captain of the ship was British, they considered it that it was British um, run. Mm -hmm. But the tags that they would get from these ships were French tags. So as he takes these tags and they raid this ship, they end up leaving. Then it makes it back to England that, okay, um, Captain Kidd just robbed an Englishman. It was a different ship. He robbed an Englishman. We need to send a warrant out for his arrest. Okay. So, as that happens, he's like, I'm in pretty deep shit. Didn't realize that Captain was English mm-hmm. until we really got up there and pulled a fast one on him. We stole all this shit. I've kind of already stole from people we we're supposed to be friendly with, and now I'm actually stealing from our people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was, this might overstep my boundaries. And like we talked about... The English were working with the East India Company kind of in lockstep to start making Okay, you're this right.
1: It, it was after that that he then tries to flee to Boston. Because what ends up happening is he flees to Boston. The guy turns him in like right away. He then gets sent back to – can you imagine that, man? You get captured oh. and it's not like you're just getting transported to like the local jail. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, now we have to load you on this ship where you're going to be just in chains the whole time. For like the month long or however long it took journey back to England – well, when he ends up getting back there, he's found
0: guilty, and that's where they actually hang him yeah, so in, in the cage. Uh, before that, everybody else finds out that the English are giving a blanket pardon to all pirates. They were going to be okay, with the exception of Captain Kidd and one other sailor who did some really bad shit, too. That's right, because they the moguls were pissed off and yeah. they wanted to see they wanted to see so Hedrill. Everybody is going and getting these pardons. I was a pirate. uh I'm free over here, though. We're hey, good, right? I did, right? Just, like, like, everything's I did cool? like a
1: little bit of pirating. Yeah. Just a tiny little bit of pirating, but I'm going to need that pardon.
0: So Captain Kidd ends up landing back over there. They put him on trial, and he's like, not guilty. They go, okay, well, what's your evidence? He goes, I have these French tags that I took from that ship that you guys were angry mm-hmm. about. Um, did you get them? I sent them over here. They're like, we don't got any tags. He's like, "They it didn't show up. He's like, no, we didn't get any of these tags. And Kids like this is my only way for you guys not to kill me yeah. is to produce these things and oh, you guys I don't just know what lost to tell you. them and show up. Yeah.
1: So, well, hey. can you imagine like how reliable? Like, we talk like it must have been so reliable to get goods and everything mm-hmm. like transported. This is at a time when stuff had to either go by like horse and wagon or carrying it on your back or like by ship and it was very easy to lose a ship like all I had to do was run aground or lose it in a storm and all that shit was just at the bottom of the ocean.
0: Well, oh, there was a researcher in like recent years that went over to England and went to like the actual like legal archive library or mm. whatever. They ended up finding the French tags that had been mis um categorized. Seriously? Yeah. So I don't know how true that story is. It's something that I heard from a couple different historians that they actually may have found the tags that he had sent back there that were his innocence. So aptly enough, like you said, gets found guilty. Um, they're going to hang him. I, I love where they did this because <laughs> they took him out to, where was it? I think it was called. It was like, the entry of like the bay. Yeah, the name of it, though, it was called, like, Hang Point or, like, Murder Point or
1: something, something like that. <laughs> that may have got the name. That you're like, we're taking you to Murder Point. They're like, what's that? He's like, hey, don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, it was, um...
1: They basically take him out, and when they oh, hang him, they put it, him in one of those fucking, like, cages.
0: Oh, well, it was called Execution Dock. Oh, okay. A- aptly named to be taken okay, to Execution Dock. Not a lot of people leave Execution Dock under their own power. Yeah. Uh, he actually almost made it, though, because the first time they hung him, the rope snapped. So he actually got hung a second time, and the second time did the trick, but that's... Like, There's
1: not like a, a one, one to note. You guys tried it. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: the, it's not the double Lord jeopardy. Has, the Lord has yeah. spoken. <laughs> it's not double jeopardy there. Uh, the, so, the rope's just frayed. Try it again. That's like the old joke about Captain Kidd is he's the only person that was ever uh, sentenced to death for piracy two times. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's right. But yeah, so they end up putting his body in one of those weird-ass, like, cages and literally just leave it there as, like, a warning sign for other pirates that might just, like, come to the area. Here's another thing, too. So, like, during this time of piracy, there were places that were, like, civilized places that were cool with pirates because, basically, if you're thinking about it and you're an English privateer and now you become a pirate... You're raiding, like, these Spanish ships or whatnot. You're then bringing... And it's not like, you know, the big misconception is, like, all of these ships carried nothing but treasure. That would be, like, the dream scenario oh, yeah. for them, of course. But the merchant ships aren't carrying treasure. These big treasure galleons that are protected are. So... And to go after those, I mean, that there's a lot of risk because they're usually, you know, protected by these huge warships. Yeah. So raiding these merchant ships, you would gain all these goods. It's not like, you know, we got a whole bunch of silk. Fuck yeah, we're set on silk. Let's just, you know, use all this silk and make clothes. It's like, no, we got this so we could sell it. So they would go into places all along the eastern seaboard, New York, Boston, and they would come in and be kind of welcomed.
0: There was yeah. probably some, like, payments being made to local officials. Oh, yeah. Well... It only helped these local officials out if they were getting... Like I was talking about earlier. If you're bringing these extra merchandise into the colonies... And you're getting a little something on the side. Yeah. You're
1: getting a kickback for this shit.
0: The government looks so much better because they're bringing this shit in. The merchants love you because you're bringing them shit that they and may have never seen And you think the before. people give two fucks about where this stuff is coming from?
1: Well, no, they're, just, they're happy yeah. they're getting this
0: stuff. I, and like you were talking about, these hauls that they were getting, silks, calico, which is another like weird kind of cotton i think um spices were huge but as far as you were saying like silver and gold just wasn't happening if you ran onto like a chest or something like that sweet that was an awesome score and most of the time it was like the profits or like money from that ship that you would get yeah so uh, you were your big haul was whatever you could take out of it do you know what the pieces of eight were Mm -mm.
1: so when the spaniards were like ripping all of this fucking gold away from like the Aztecs and the Incans and everything. They were taking all of the gold and to transport it, they would melt it down into those little coins. And those were the pieces of eight. So it was okay. the coins that like the Spanish amounted to load up these ships to send it back to Spain. Yeah. Cause it would be that much easier to transport as these coins easier to spend. They
0: don't have to worry about doing that shit back in Spain. Hey, it makes total sense. Uh, those were, like you said, those were the, like, if you were going to take on a Spanish ship that was carrying that kind of gold, you were going to have to go through four or five other man-of-war ships or anything that was protecting them. Those were the ones that were, like, if you could get one, you were going to suffer a lot of loss. I mean, they could find some, like, there were situations in which, because
1: again, like, the Spanish are trying to protect those interests, but their main concern is Spain, so like they're sending some of these warships. And I mean, yeah, it doesn't take many man of war to equal how many pirate ships or whatever. I mean, they could take on however many ships they needed to.
0: Man of war will have thirty-six cannons on More. it. Or like the average
1: talking, uh um shit, uh kids ship wasn't even close to a man of war and it had thirty four. These man of wars would literally have like thirty per side. So on you these were... like three tiers. Unless you had eight pirate ships out there, you were going to get smoked. Exactly. So, I mean, going after these galleons was like the pinnacle. Like if uh-huh. you could catch one of these alone, of course, that could set you up for life. And that's, I think, one of the goals here is, and I know, guys, we keep we keep going off tangents and everything, but it's all related to the pirate experience here. Yeah. Just yeah. join us on this journey. The seas are going to get rough, but we're going to get you there. Mm-hmm. So you would basically, you know, If you could get one of these galleons, you could set yourself up for life. But the thing was, you made a really good analogy to the NFL player situation. Oh yeah. Someone's like, hey, what do you think is the average like career time frame for like an NFL player? Like, I don't know, maybe like eight to ten years. And it's like, it's two to three. Yep. For a pirate, these guys' pirate careers were the um, average was like two years for like the well-known guys. Yeah. And we'll talk about them later. They just, they didn't have a long lifespan. No. And the, the whole goal in this wasn't to just be a pirate for your whole life. It was to get a big enough score and to make enough money that you could just fucking have your freedom and not have to do this shit anymore. It was so fucking risky. And that was the big thing. Like they, they knew that this was risky. Like you're literally, it's not like we're coming out to toward your ship and like, Hey, like, do you guys want to give us your shit? And they're like, no, fuck off. And you're like, okay, we'll turn around. Everything was life or death. And so you're putting your life on the line trying to basically set yourself up to retire. Again, not defending piracy, just saying how it goes. Um, so, I mean, at this point, the blanket pardon, that kind of expires
0: and well, everything. Well, it just sort of ended piracy. Yeah. Because okay. everybody that wanted to get out got out. And then anybody that still wanted to be in the game. Well, then in piracy. It- I, for that period, though. Yes, okay. Because we're going to be, we have like 15 years of something called the Spanish Succession War. Mm-hmm. And the Spanish Succession War was the king of Spain died without having a son, or without having a child. Mm-hmm. So then there was this power struggle between, I think it was his brother and maybe like a sister or a cousin or something like that, where they were fighting for the crown of Spain. So you have all these people conscripted back into the navies because Spain has people that are helping one side. They'll have people that are helping the other side. So the English, of course, are dipping their toes in because there's money to be made in war. And if they can get their favorable side, maybe they'll have a better time with Spain. The other thing, too, is
1: if Spain is busy fighting itself... Their ability to
0: go ahead and take out two separate factions of Spain—that—that's
1: mm-hmm. much easier. So Britain is also ramping up their navy at this time too. Yeah,
0: they're—they're they're bringing in these former pirateers or privateers and pirates to come in and fight the navy again. And after yeah. that war is over, it's just like we took in a whole bunch of people and these, we're just releasing them back. They, out they into said the it world. went from like
1: sixty thousand people that they had in the navy, and then it cut down after the war of uh, Spanish succession to uh, about thirty thousand, so half.
0: And those guys don't have jobs anymore.
1: And they become accustomed to a certain freedom. Yeah. And life, especially if these guys were over away from the purview of, like, the crown and Mm -hmm. whatever. They were over there in the Caribbean or on that side. There was a lot less authority over there to kind of enforce, basically enforce or kind of stop them from doing what they wanted to do.
0: Well, and like you said, you know, the last kind of era of the golden era... 1715 to 1726-ish, something like that. It's not a long time. No. But here is where we hear a lot of, like, the heavy hitters and the big names that came out of the pirate This is what people think of when they hear the term pirate. This is exactly what it is. And, again, it started just sort of these guys were released back into the world Mm -hmm. with no skills. They don't want to be on land. They've been accustomed to the life on sea for so long.
1: It, it's just the life that they know. You basically have trained these guys and been like, for the past few years, you mm-hmm. guys have been going out, sailing, getting good at navigation, uh, fighting, you know, naval warfare and everything. But you're not going to do that anymore. And they're like, well, we're just going to keep doing that over here <laughs> yeah. because like we don't have to pay you guys anymore. And we can make a bunch of money and then we can get out of this life instead of being beholden to you.
0: You can go back to merchant ships. We fucking hated those before.
1: Why would we do it now? Well, and that's the thing is where a lot of these guys got their ships is they were these merchant ships that they'd helped arm and everything. Mm-hmm. They have these ships already. What do you think they're going to do? Like, we're going to need you to bring that ship back. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Pass. we're we're, we're, we're good here. We're actually, this isn't the same ship. See, so it's a different name. <laughs> yeah. We named it something else. So it's a, it's a different ship at this point.
0: And our, our theater for this post-Spanic succession part is back in the Atlantic. Like, yeah. it's, it's back going hot in the Atlantic. And you see ports pop up. Um, Port Royal in Jamaica. Jamaica is a huge part of it. Yep. Later on, we're going to be talking about Nassau in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Nassau, however you want to say it. But these are places where Nassau becomes something called the Pirate Republic. Yeah. Because it's that big and it's that
1: happening. I can't remember which pirate it was, but there was a, a dream he had called uh, Libertade. Fuck, I can't remember what the exact name it was. But he wrote about it and it was basically a civilization where it was free men living by their own rules in, in peace. And basically it was the idea of liberty for all these men. And so that was kind of this, ugh, Fuck, I can't remember which pirate it was. I think all of them kind of shared with the, you have your outliers that maybe just like the chaos and the carnage about it and everything and the middle finger to authority. But you have guys that are wanting to just basically do this for a little bit and then, and then get the fuck out. And there was a lot of instances of like, um, Captains, You know, when on Princess Bride, I know we just talked about that during the Andre the Giant one, but the Princess Bride where he's telling the story of the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. That the Dread Pirate Roberts is just a position. And so then he trained Wesley to become the next Dread Uh. Pirate Roberts, get a new crew and everything. You would basically have these guys that were serving um, on these pirate ships – Basically, as like first mates and everything, and either take the place of the captains that were killed in battle, or kind of after another ship got taken over, given a ship under their command and going to kind of pirate themselves.
0: Yeah, or running a coup and getting that guy out and saying, "You take that ship. I'm taking the rest of the guys because you did a shit job." Yeah, exactly. Be thankful for we're you know we're giving you a ship. Right, and kind of one of the things that's fallen silent for this episode but it seems like for some reason it just never is too far away from the purview of anything back then. Uh, There was a lot of slave trade that was going on. England was handling the Spanish slave trade that they were sending down to their colonies in South America Mm -hmm. and Central America. And the pirates had a very different outlook. Like it wasn't good, but it was also like, it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't good. Um, When they would be raiding these slave ships, they considered slaves like store or not storage, like... Cargo. Uh, cargo, yes. Yeah. But if there were slaves that they would take onto their ships, and like guys that they think could do the job, they would actually bring them into their groups. And when they were in the groups, they were always given a lower ranking, but they were always given a vote. They were always given a fair share and they were treated as equally as they wanted to. That's now, as great as that sounds, they also would still take the rest of the slaves and then sell them off on a different yeah. island. So it was like yeah. they were still considered cargo. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's one of the things they said that the the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movies got right is that for the most part, these crews would be made up of a, a variety of people from different backgrounds and races and ethnicities and everything like that, and that was kind of normal. Because you were getting people that could do the job. You were getting people coming in. Everyone kind of seeking that life of freedom and, fuck, maybe adventure if some of them wanted it. And at the same time, maybe just desperation. Oh, yeah. Also, like you said, when they would, you know, take over some of these ships, some of these crew members that were working for these merchant ships, they didn't necessarily like the captain. And so they would, you know, be willing to maybe join these pirate crews and, you know, lead a new life. One of the other things they would do is they would actually, some pirates would come on and ask the crew what they thought of the captain. If the captain was a fair man, if he was just, if you know, he mistreated them, and if the captain had mistreated his crew and everything, that captain wasn't going to like the, the repercussions. He didn't, he'd end up making it out of those situations you know, 90% of the time if the crew didn't have something good to say about him.
0: Well, for as much as they got right with the makeups of these crews and just these multinational crews, they also got like the bloodthirsty part of pirates wrong. Because most of the time, when they would run onto a ship that they would be taking over, there would be like um, a, a test fire or something like that, mm-hmm. or they would just line their cannons up, and everybody on these merchant ships would see it, would be like, "Ooh, uh, okay, run the white flag up the pole, yep. like we're just we're gonna surrender." Yep. Most of the time, there wasn't ever bloodshed. That's not to say that all the time there wasn't bloodshed, because there would be times that these guys would board these ships and kill everybody and then burn the ship down. It's as
1: simple as this. You're a pirate. You're the captain of the ship. Would you rather risk your crew being killed and then having to replace them? Another thing, pirates had, like, insurance. Yeah. They would have contracts within these articles that Adam was talking about earlier that, depending on if you lost a limb... Depending on what limit was, you would make certain amounts of money. Like a leg was worth like 800 pieces or something because that was enough to, I don't know, help support you for a while. Because chances are you might not still be able to serve. There were more than fair amounts, too. Yeah, it was a decent amount of booty. Like a hand and an eye were worth the same amount or something like that. But there were different amounts. Also, oh, I watched something where they were explaining how they would amputate. Legs, Can't because be that, good. like, if you had a broken leg, like that was it. They went to amputation so fucking fast. It wasn't like, hey, let's try to set the bone. It was just like, yeah, that's not, yeah, we're gonna have to cut off. But they like drew, and the guys were shown like the knives. You would have to like draw and cut a certain way, like on the calf, to sever all the muscles, <laughs> but leave skin flaps to tuck it up underneath. <laughs> I was eating peanut butter and apples at that time, and I was just like, nope, nope, not nah, fucking, no, nope, not, really not doing this. But yeah, so these guys like had insurance, but kind of getting back to what you're saying. The whole idea of the – got to talk about the flags because we're getting into it already. Okay. So what these pirates would do, being privateers prior to most of them, you would um, have your flag of your country flying. And sometimes if you wanted to do, try to be sneaky, you would fly – if you were like going toward a Spanish ship, you would have a Spanish flag that you could fly. They would think you were friendly. You'd get close enough and you'd be like, surrender, motherfuckers, or we're firing at you.
0: Well – what they would do leading up to it is they would get to, like, 20 or 30 feet away, however far, like, to drift into them. Uh-huh. Then they'd run the Spanish flag yes. down real quick, and they would send their flag yep. back up. So the Spaniards would be like, that's a weird ship. I wonder why they're out there. Okay, well, they're cool. And then as soon as they're going by, they're like, wait, is that flag going... Fuck, that flag's going down. Oh, mm-hmm. Is that... God damn it! Those are pirates. So, so the yeah. So the pirates just did the
1: exact same thing, except they used their flags. Now everyone is probably familiar with the Jolly Roger. Yep. Um, usually comes kind of two ways to be recognized. There's the one with the skull and the crossbones behind it. Another one that's a lot of like <clears throat> pirate imagery uses is the skull and then the two cross swords like underneath it.
0: There's also the skeleton that's holding the trident that has the heart on it.
1: That is um, Blackbeard, specifically with the heart and the three blood drops. But he used it as the same. Exactly. And it's a, a pirate thing. But the thing is, is that wasn't like at the time, that wasn't the widely recognized pirate symbol. It was a black flag, but it had different interpretations of that. Some of them had a skull. Some of them were like blackbeards where it had, like, it was the skeleton with, like, the horns and the hooves to recognize the devil. Mm-hmm. It was holding an hourglass in one hand and the spear piercing the heart in the other. And basically the the idea behind this in some of these cases is the flag is supposed to, like, basically tell you what's going to happen what's if up? you don't fucking surrender. Yeah. So, like, blackbeards was like hourglass. Your time is up. If you don't surrender, I'm going to use the spear <laughs> and I'm going to stab you through the heart and you're all going to bleed and die. And you're going to meet the devil. So when that flag went up, that was basically you know, when they switch from the English flag to the pirate flag, and all of a sudden this merchant vessel is like, oh, shit. That was kind of their time frame to be like, listen, we're pirates, so you better surrender. (laughs) If they didn't get a surrender out of them, then that's when they would fire at them. Their whole intention behind this, like, mystique about, like, the pirates was to inspire fear because it was much easier just to be like, you're surrendering, no losses, give us all your shit. Okay, cool. Get in and get out. No casualties. We're not having to lose any crew members that we like or that are good at their jobs. No one's getting injured or anything like that. It was definitely preferred to have these guys
0: surrender. It was last resort was to actually have to fight. And don't get us wrong, they still love to do that, and they were still very, very good at what they did. Yes, and but I'm sure in some situations you- they just did it just to fucking do yeah, it. Yeah, There was some pleasure that they would take in it. There was a lot of times, Blackbeard being one of them, I think he burned a couple ships like into the ocean, and mm-hmm. it was just sort of for funsies. Yeah. But uh, the whole part of the Spanish succession was, <laughs> excuse me, like we were talking about, it was kind of wreaking havoc on like the whole western side of the Atlantic. Like, you would still... Towards the end, they were dipping kind of back down into the Indian Ocean, um, but they weren't really over on the eastern side of it. It was everything that was coming into kind of the Caribbean, everything that was running along the eastern seaboard of what would become the United States. It's,
1: it's the same principle as what we were talking about during the Lewis and Clark thing with, like, all the shit going on with Napoleon in France. There's so much going on, you can't keep your eye on all yeah. your colonies and everything, so it's much easier for you to lose, drop, you know, lose sight of that, drop the ball on that, of sending over military support. So there's a lot more
0: freedom for, you know, these pirates to be doing their thing. Well, England's answer to it was, they ran into some issues. uh, The pirates did, as far as in Jamaica, there was a big earthquake that happened that sunk like a fairly decent part of Port Royal. Um, So that's when they moved into Nassau. Guy that we'll talk about a little bit earlier, or a little bit later, Benjamin Hornigold. These places that are
1: considered like the most, like some of the most beautiful, like vacation spots. Yeah, you can see why the fucking pirates
0: set up shop in these places. That's the pirate's life, dude. In the navy, you're out in the middle of the Atlantic and it sucks dick. Can you imagine just hanging out in the Caribbean the entire time? Yeah. And so they ended up scooting down a little bit further south. Uh, Benjamin Hornigold, like I just said, he lands in Nassau. And it becomes the Republic of Pirates. And this is a big deal because, um, basically Jamaica and everybody left is like, we're not going to keep laundering your money. Like you got to find somewhere else. Yeah. NASA shows up on the map. Boom. That's just what happens. The English find out about it are pretty pissed off about it. So they send a gentleman down there and this runs for a while. But like we say, this is 1715 to like 1726. So not a long time. Guy named uh, Wood Rogers or Woods Rogers. Uh, Woods Rogers, yes, uh, comes down. He shows up in seventeen eighteen. So this is three years in. Everything that's happened has happened within these three mm-hmm. years. Woods gets down there, basically starts shutting down this whole republic of pirates, and he ends up doing the same thing. Um, and, the, and this isn't like, hey guys. No more pirating anymore. It's not he's like, We're just gonna fucking kill all the pirates. Yeah, we're gonna send pirates after you. That was the thing that we fucked up about the kid story. He was headed down there as a pirate bounty hunter and oh, that's right. didn't have any luck doing that, so that's when they turned to him and made him be a pirate. We himself. still got there. Yeah. We still got to it. Yeah, we yeah, still just got to A our little kid addendum was. there. Well he Woods Rogers releases something called the king's act of grace and the king's act of grace was another pardoning period where you could come in and be like did some shit uh sorry kind of feel bad about it we're good though yeah all right i'm gonna head out and
1: that's the path of least resistance yeah i'm all not right. saying it was right but it seems from a king standpoint being like you know as much havoc as these guys have probably caused on our people they're also kind of fucking with the spanish still down there and i got shit going on here i need my warships back here Offer him a chance for another pardon, and then if they don't take it, the rest of the (laughs) ones that are still there, there's going to be less pirates for you guys to deal with.
0: And you would think that that was it, but this is where like the rubber meets the road. This is where we get Blackbeard. Yeah, because Blackbeard, uh, Samuel Thatch, was that what his name was? Samuel Teach, Samuel Thatch, Thatch, something like that. But he's being brought up. Edward, huh? Not Samuel. Edward. 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 Edward Samuel Bellamy, I think. Sam Bellamy, yes. But, uh, yeah, Edward Thatch shows up on the scene. He's basically, like, Hornigold is training him to be the fucking man. By all accounts, his stature, he's a very large dude. And they all fucking knew each other. Like, that's what's so crazy is, like,
1: this is literally... Anybody that was anybody knew each (laughs) other. That's the thing. is like, okay, so pirates (laughs) are famous, like, worldwide. But something about the Caribbean pirates during this, like, last part of the Golden Age of Piracy... That's like where all of the fucking, like, that's where, that's the money shot, like you were saying. And they all, like, for the most part, a lot of them had because it was this small ish area. There were only so many safe places that, you know, pirates could actually go and congregate and everything that they they knew each other. And not only knew each other, but at certain points, like, This would be like a goddamn Marvel movie for pirates. They would do fucking team-ups to do raids (laughs) on, like, convoys of ships and everything. Like, it's so crazy just to think that, like, that shit really
0: happened, but they're still so well-known. Well, and you had the Republic of Pirates down there. There wasn't – at that point, (laughs) I think the people in the colonies were like, oof, we did some deals with some pretty bad dudes, and you guys are kind of starting to fuck up. Mm -hmm. Because you stop focusing on India and down in the Indian Ocean – You guys are starting to mess with our stuff. We actually need that shit that's still coming across. If you rob them and bring it to us, that's cool. But when they show up here and they realize where you guys are getting that shit, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be good.
1: They show up to Nassau (laughs) and they're looking around and it's like that fucking scene in Iron Man where, like, Tony Stark is looking around and all the terrorists just have all of his Stark stuff. (laughs) There's just the British fucking flag on all this stuff. He's like, where did you get all this? Uh, We actually repackaged the Spanish goods in, in the English boxes just, you know.
0: Yeah, it turns out we just wanted to put them in our own crates. Mm-hmm. That was what it was, really, because that shit looks yeah, like it You guys' crates us.
1: are, we build so much, crates are so much better than the Spanish crates. They can't, they can't build crates for shit.
0: I, so, like we say, Hornigold, the guy that was sort of, started the Pirate Republic, everything like that. I feel like he's like the godfather. He is, because he packs up, he takes his ball, he goes home, and by all accounts, I think he's really, like, probably the most famous one that just got to ride off into the sunset. Maybe he's more like I actually see him more like the police chief and Super Troopers,
1: and all the other pirates are just the fucking broken yeah, wizard guys. Brian, Brian Cox, uh, yeah, yeah. But he's the one that's like, God damn it! And then he just gets out of there.
0: <laughs> so uh, we're not underplaying Blackbeard. We will get back to him kind of towards the end when we yeah talk we're gonna about we're gonna go the through know. the
1: the list of pirates uh-huh. and what they're famous for and what what fates they met. But we want to explain essentially. What happened during the course of piracy?
0: Yeah. And these triangular routes that they were now hitting, because you were going down into the Caribbean, you were stopping off in the Caribbean, you were picking up sugarcane because you were making rum with it. So you were picking up alcohol too. You were still headed down into South and Central America with the slave trade. Mm. But everything that you're picking up from South America and the Caribbean is going back up into the Americas, into the colonies. So you have like this perfect little ecosystem where the ships that are traveling are so big that they have to travel along the deepest depths of the routes. Mm -hmm. So there's no like getting off of these routes. They drive these routes or both these routes every single day and you just know where these shipping lanes are. You know that you can't really – Push or that they can't run one way or the other because these ships are so big Mm -hmm. that they can't make those maneuvers out in shallower water. Well, and, you
1: know, people trying to think of, like, geographically, like, you would think, why not just go from, like, South America and then just go, like, straight out and then kind of up towards Spain to avoid, like, the Caribbean and all this kind of stuff. The further you had to travel out through open water increased the risk, essentially, of you getting caught in a storm or, or shit happening. And you also did still have, like, Spanish colonies within, like, the Caribbean and areas around there where you might have to go and pick up stuff or drop off stuff and then, and then take it back. So oh. it wasn't really, like, a choice to have to go through, you know, this triangle that they were able to kind of hunt
0: in. After you see the fall of the Republic, then from, like, 1719 to 1721, boom, new hotbed pops up not in the Atlantic, we're back in the Indian, Madagascar becomes the shit. It's a a large island that we talked about, um, the MH370, the missing plane.
1: Only place where lemurs, right? Is it? I I assume from the movie Madagascar. I've never seen it. Partially accurate. No, is that? I want to say there's something just like only indigenous to Madagascar, and I want to say it's the ringtail lemur.
0: Maybe. Yeah, they probably, I don't know, maybe it's a long swim for little monkey arms or something. Yeah. Hey, guys, while we're taking
1: a break, we got something for you. Ya. Socials! Yay! Hey, if you would be inclined, we'd really appreciate it. Jump on over to Instagram, and if you don't already follow us, go to and Give that little follow button a, a little push. We're going to send out stuff about upcoming episodes, and it'll kind of give you a peek into what's to come. Um, if they don't like Insta, whatever, um, what do they do about tweeting us?
0: you can tweet us at historically high that's historically h i and we also have our new threads that we started um same as instagram social as far as that goes historically high pod
1: and if you have email is your thing we love emails we love hearing from you guys it's historically high podcast at gmail.com again like
0: rate subscribe
1: you know what to do
0: but it, it gets on and popping. And this is where, um, like, one of the biggest nabbings in all of, like, piratedom happens. Um, it was a, a ship that was called the East Indiaman. And they ended up stealing 800,000 pounds
1: of loot. This blew my fucking mind. I did not know that these ships had this capability of hauling this much fucking cargo. <laughs> like, too. dude. The way they're talking about this, like the like casual numbers about, they're like it's like five hundred thousand pounds, and then like six hundred thousand pounds. And you're thinking about it, you're like, that's like, I I've seen like replicas of those boats, yeah. and yes, they are huge. When you look at them next to like a smaller current warship, like a destroyer, it dwarfs them.
0: Might as well be a tugboat.
1: Yes, and then you're looking at this thing, and you're like, so this thing was made of wood at a time when technology wasn't super, like, advanced. And, like, what's sealing this? And this thing, you know, the mast goes all the way through. And, you're like, it doesn't feel like it would take much to sink this thing when it's got 800,000 yeah. pounds of fucking cargo. And that's just the loot. That's not, like, the crew
0: Provisions. and and all that shit. It's fucking nuts what these ships could carry. Yeah, it's a marvel to think that that was the 18th century. Like, just a... An incredible amount. Uh, after this, I sort of think everybody took a, a good, hard, long look at the way that they were shipping things. Yeah. And realized that they were going to need <laughs> to make some changes. They how much?
1: Yeah. Yep. 800,000
0: pounds of loot? Okay, we need to try to probably fix this situation. Pretty big lick. And so that's when they started actually like sending naval units out to patrol the shipping lanes. And they weren't like, okay, we're going to take you back. A lot of them got taken back and hung and tried and all that kind of stuff. A lot of them just got destroyed. like yeah. Just pirate ships that were getting taken under because of just the sheer desire to push these people out of this industry. Here's, here's one thing
1: that I think kind of gets overlooked as far as the whole like, well, you know, why didn't pirates just have, you know, if the British had these huge ships, why didn't pirates just have huge ships to fight them and everything? <laughs> And at a very, like, shallow glance, I guess that can make sense. Here's the thing. So you have, for the Navy, you basically have an entire industry that is shipbuilding for the government. The best technology of the time. Yeah. Best cannons of the time, everything. Versus pirates who had to acquire their ships, not through building it. They didn't have the resources and everything like that. They could perform some repairs on their ships. In fact, some of the ways they did that were crazy, where they would actually, like, beach the ship and it would tip on the side. It was how like, they
0: scraped off the barnacles yep, and everything. Like in Parts of so the Caribbean,
1: where you see it on the beach, they would purposely do that to repair, essentially, and wipe off all the bacteria that would eat the wood. And, like wood rot,
0: re- I think, was a pretty big issue.
1: Can you imagine that? You know you're just floating on something that, like, is actively being eaten
0: from the yeah. bottom where the fucking water is. But it's still small enough to work. Where- you can drag it up onto land and turn it on its side so you can clean and the water, And then have your whole crew pull it back
1: out of like high tide or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so these pirates, I mean, they had to make do with what they were able to acquire. They didn't have an industry like of war. So basically, you know, you have these gigantic warships and you're like, well, the pirates should just fight back. They don't have the capability. So, of course, they're, they're trying – they're they don't actively try to fight against – the navy—they see a naval ship, they are fucking running. Yeah. And their ships were faster and lighter, and that's exactly why they had smaller ships—is so they could still take on merchant vessels, but they could outrun any type of warships that were coming after them.
0: They weren't going after a mastiff; they were going after like a pug. And that's where, when we get into actually talk about the pirates,
1: some of these guys, when they were captured, they would have multiple ships, like in their armada they wouldn't necessarily always take like the biggest ship and everything uh-huh. because they knew that, yeah, it's big and it's fancy and it probably gives me status, but if I'm ever in a situation where a warship even spots me, I I have a better chance of escaping and getting away in one of these other ships. I'll take one of the moderately good ships yeah. that's just super fucking fast
0: well and you're dividing your crew up you run the risk of a bad storm where it splits somebody off and then you just lose them and they just have to become like their own set of pirates yeah like it was just you wanted something that was small light and could stay together but still big enough to carry your bounty so Duty. uh as we transition into kind of the pirates of the day we're gonna try to knock a few of these out quick because i feel like we're running sort of long are we good No, yeah, we're good okay Um, What do you got on the Rhode Island pirate Thomas II? the Rhode Island pirate sounds like a bad wrestling name (laughs) that might have actually been at some point of wrestling a wrestling name. He just he was kind of like and this is sort of what throws me off about thinking about pirates back then is you get caught up and I got something to say about the accent people and the talk like a pirate day. We're going to save that towards the end, but. I've met maybe like one or two Rhode Islanders in my life and I would never look at them and be like, That's a pirate. That that was that was a pirate man. Yeah. Like Rhode Island doesn't really strike me as a a pirate haven. But him and uh the kid, Captain Kid, mm-hmm. they were boys, weren't they? Yeah, they did know each other. So Which just goes to say
1: it's another thing of being like Yeah, these guys all, like, weirdly enough, these pirates all had, like, weird interconnectivity to them.
0: And he was 17th century, so we're talking, like, right up into the 18th, right towards the end. So more in that pirate round realm. To, To
1: kind of just note how far these guys would actually get, he was known as the Rhode Island pirate, but he was actually, like, operating, like, in the Indian Ocean. Like, these pirates would travel, like, over into that place and then back... Like they would just go where the
0: fucking like money was. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Think about how many times they did that, but how short their careers. I were. know how like, much time most of was their spent careers traveling. were going to and from exactly. these places. It was,
1: all, it was fucking commuting. Yeah, most of your yep. shit is spent time commuting. But so Thomas too ends up attacking like in like 1695. He attacks like a 25 ship uh, Moogle. Oh, it's is yeah Mughal 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 uh, convoy. And basically ends up getting killed in this battle, and gets like disemboweled by a cannon shot.
0: They weren't putting him back together. <laughs> oh no, they weren't putting him back together after that one. We get again William Kidd. Yeah, um, we talked about him at length. But one very important thing, maybe the most important thing, I would say about Kidd, his story's great. But when you talk about the myth of pirates burying treasure, the only reason why that is a myth is because of William Kidd. That's right. When he was in court or on trial, he was trying to have a bargaining chip,
1: and he was telling him, I'll tell you the location.
0: The guy that he got conscripted from in Britain was the one that he was writing these letters to, saying, I hid all this stuff. It was out on Gardner's Island, out, I think, south of New York. He said that he hid all this loot on Gardner's Island, and if he would let him live, he would take them out to that spot that it was buried. So this whole... Belief that there's just buried treasure from um, pirates out there Mm -hmm. is all just based on this one story. And the reason it's based on this one story and it's blown up so much is we run into the literary works of Robert Louis Stevenson and Treasure Island. Treasure Island was written about this whole big adventure for this buried treasure that came off of Captain Kidd's alleged... Legend that there's this buried treasure out there as as a way to try to get out of the <laughs> being hung. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> uh, I think this might be our consensus together favorite pirate. Favorite pirate name. Okay, okay. I I like him because he pulled off I think a pretty sweet menage a trois in a time when pirates probably weren't getting that much. Mm-hmm. There it, he was pulling a different kind of booty. So and it ch- was some good booty. Here's the other thing too. Okay. Calico
1: Jack. His name. That's fucking a badass pirate name. Calico yeah. Jack. His name, John Rackham. Beautiful. The best porn star name that no one I think has ever used. <laughs> Jack Rackham.
0: Jack Rackham or Johnny Sins. Jack Rackham. Jack probably, Rackham. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes.
1: Maybe no one has ever felt that they could live up to the legacy of having the name Jack Rackham
0: as a porn star. <laughs> could be. Absolutely could be. Uh, Calico Jack was a pretty interesting cat. Not the most successful guy in the world. Um he tended to punch below his weight class. It seemed like wasn't really going after any sort of big merchant ships. He was sort of just like beating people up on skiffs. Mm-hmm. But uh one very cool thing about him was he employed like the two ultimate female pirates of the ages. We hear about like Japanese female pirates and there were quite a few I think. Like some really successful ones. Over there, yeah. yeah. But these two women basically like pulled themselves up out of nothing. They're the only women that you can
1: name as pirates Yeah. if you even know. And they both just so happened to to fancy uh well, it was cuz his name was Jack Rackham. That's true. He, he was pulling Do You think pulling he ass? had it? they're like listen, this name's too powerful, Jack. We need to dial this thing down. He's like I, I can maybe go down to Calico Jack. They're like, that's still really fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. But it's less, it's less intimidating than the Jack Rackham. So Anne pulling Bonnie, two, two women ass with Calico Jack, even. What if he was Calico Jack with Mary Reed and he was Jack Rackham with Anne Bonny and he had like a split personality type thing going on. <laughs> so this guy actually, um, it was with, yeah, the two most famous women pirates so Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed, both just total badasses in their own right. Two they bad were, bitches for sure. They were dressed, they ended up getting on this ship like by posing as men. I, I like this debated. idea. And then they actually went and um boarded another ship, like took over another ship. There was another
0: person that wanted to be like wanted to join their crew. Dress, it was a man, well, dressed as was, a man. So it was um and Bonnie and Calico Jack were together first. Yes, they then... Yes, but like she, w- she always dressed as a man. Maybe. Okay. The, the two reasons that I say that, and I heard a historian point it out in a way that I could really understand it. Um, I'm not going to use the words that he did, so this isn't verbatim. But breasts and periods. You can dress oh, as no, no. a man... But at the same... time You're doing that more Maybe when they say for... dress like a man, they just meant
1: wearing men's clothing.
0: That is sort of what because they, they went Because that probably makes for. sense,
1: because moving around a ship and everything, it's not going to be like... It kind of would be like what Kira Knightley wears, like in the later parts, where she's actually
0: wearing, like, a pirate's clothes and everything. So you went there, and I went to D, trying to make the Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Um, so... The The legend has it that they raided another ship, and there was a man there that wanted to join their crew. And then somehow Anne Bonny discovers that this is actually another woman. She this took a liking either, to him. Took Took a liking to him. Yeah. And then found out uh, it was a her, still had a liking for her, and
0: that was Mary Reed. The saddest thing that I heard about this, and it really bums me out, was there were rumors that they had like a lesbian relationship. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, like, female sexuality wasn't, like, a really believed-in thing till like, the 20th century, or, like, the 19th and 20th centuries. I don't think that was true with these women.
1: Well... I think women that were in this life of freedom and everything like that probably wanted to explore that aspect of it. Don't take this from me.
0: No, but that's what I'm saying, is, like, they were trying to say that it was a lesbian relationship. Yeah. But at the same time, the thought of, like, women having a choice as to what they liked was such a far-off concept back then to where they're like... They didn't have a word for lesbian back then. Like That's That true. wasn't a thing. So they, by all accounts, were just friends. And I guess uh, you could say that Mary Reed also took a liking to Calico Jack, too. Because, as we'll see later on, um, he kind of cashed two golden chick- or tickets for them to skirt death, <laughs> in a way.
1: That's true. So Calico Jack, Jack Rackham... He is um, a fairly successful pirate, and one of the things, too, is I feel like when you're looking, like, at our interpretation of a pirate, it's pieces of all the, these guys. Like, you get yeah. the flamboyantness. I think Calico Jack, maybe, as far as his dress is flamboyantness, that's, like, where you kind of almost get, like, the Jack Sparrow-ish a bit thing a bit. Everything. He was named
0: Calico Jack because his whole outfit that he wore was made of that calico material.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, very flashy. Um so, he also exists and operates at a time here toward, during the kind of tail end of um, the Golden Age of Piracy. But he draws the attention of a couple British warships. Oh, this and
0: is one of my favorite stories out of this.
1: So, he ends up, like, evading them. He They end up raiding another ship, a pretty big score. And so, they're celebrating by getting pissed drunk off rum. In port. In port. And as they're drinking and celebrating, the British roll up on them
0: and attack. And so... No. Oh, they got they rolled up into the port. Then they realized that the water level was too low for their boat to get the destroyer to get into the port. The so, yeah, so they went sideways to block off the port. Yeah, and then in the morning they were going to come in and attack. So during the night, Calico Jack, a few oh, of his people, that's right. went ahead and snuck out in the the dead of night. Well, the idea
1: was that the crew was still kind of drunk. He's like, we can try to sneak past. uh, If we can get past this um, man of war. It
0: it wasn't the whole crew. It was like
1: a select amount. Yes. And he's like, if we can get past this, we can take one broadside and still make it past this. And then through that, they almost made it past. And the guy navigating couldn't keep the boat on course. And they ended up getting a second broadside.
0: I think this is later on because they end up getting out of this. I might be thinking Bartholomew Roberts. Uh, yes, that is Bartholomew. Okay, okay. Because what Calico does is. So many us, pirates. Yeah, a lot of pirates. So many fights. A lot of pirates. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of. Okay, of what happens with Calico? In fire. Uh, Calico and kind of a select crew end up sneaking out in the dead of night. The Spanish or whoever was out there, they had like centurions watching like, it was, watching the, it was out. the
1: English, I think. It was the British.
0: But uh, they go ahead and sneak around the boat. And there was a boat that they had captured that was a little slew that the, um, the English or whoever was blocking the channel had captured. Mm-hmm. They snuck onto that boat. They told the security on that boat, they're like, if you make a noise, we're going to kill you. So they're like, all right, we're not going to say shit. They end up untying the boat from the big destroyer and sneak Man off. Man of War. The Man of War, whatever. <laughs> Ancient destroyer, whatever okay. you want to call it, Pirate destroyer. And end up sneaking off. And they basically like run amok for a little while longer until the people that they fooled figured out what was going Mm -hmm. on. Excuse me, followed them back up and end up catching them in the morning at one point. Calico Jack sees everything that's going on outside. He orders everybody downstairs in the ship, everybody go to the galley. Uh, And Bonnie and Mary Rudy are like, the going fuck, to hide? Man? He's telling everyone to go hide. Yeah. Yes. Like no. This
1: isn't for like a, a sneak attack. He's like, get down and I'll signal when you're going to come out. No, he's like, we're all going to fucking hide.
0: Yeah, we're going to make them try to find us here. Maybe they'll think it's just an empty ship. And Anne, Bonnie, and Mary are like, the fuck are you talking about? No,
1: Gator, don't play
0: that shit. Yeah, get your pants up, get out here, and we're going to fight these people. And, and it was like Ann Bonnie, Mary. Uh, Reed and one other guy were the only three that were actually on deck to meet the people that were coming to get them. And actually fought. Yeah. And they were fighting and trying to repel
1: borders and everything like that, like pistols in one hand, cutlasses and everything.
0: One of my favorite um, attacks, we'll talk about uh, Bellamy coming up, but it was said that during fights, Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed would open up the fronts of their shirts and expose their breastesses. And that was like a form of sort of like domination that they would have because you would be getting sliced up and stabbed with...
1: While being constantly reminded that it was a woman
0: doing it to you. Yes, exactly. Like it was just like their calling card. And it didn't happen every time, but it would be like a form of intimidation that you would be coming after a woman and she would slice you and dice you and shoot you. And the last thing that you would see was that it was a woman because her tits were hanging out. That is fucking awesome. Still, it reminds me of the other psychology that he used.
1: We talked about this earlier. We'll,
0: we'll talk about Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can talk about Bellamy now. Do you have anything else on Bonnie or Mary Reed?
1: No. So what ends up happening, um, Calico Jack ends up getting captured. He gets back to um, Port Royal. Not Port Royal. He ends up going back to... Yeah. He it was goes to Port Royal. Yeah. And he ends up getting executed in Port Royal. They send... Um, Bonnie, and Reed, do they send them back to England for trial? They're going to execute them, and then they say they're with child. They're yeah, both pregnant.
0: They were looking for the execution. Turns out both of them are pregnant. Courtesy of one Jack of them, Rackham. Yeah, one of them's married to Jack Rackham, the other one's their best friend. So, yeah. like, they're plus one. So he definitely knocked both of these women mm-hmm. up. That's pretty cool for him. So he hopefully he got to know, like, something stuck in both of these women that I left him before he died. Well, it doesn't turn out well, because what ends up
1: happening is...
0: I think it is Anne
1: Bonnie. So both of them are actually, they get a stay of execution. Because they're pregnant. Because so that was pregnant. a rule
0: that you couldn't murder Correct. or hang somebody pregnant. There was supposed to be this
1: thing where, like, afterward they were able to try him or anything like that. But they said, like, the occurrences of that were so few, usually these women just kind of, like, were released. Put to, like, into
0: servitude, something like something that. Something
1: like that. So, um... But I'm trying to remember how it went. One of them actually...
0: I think Mary Reed died from, they called it like jail fever.
1: Yes. So she ended up getting like a fever in jail and she passed away, unfortunately. And Bonnie, however, was released. And basically, did she go home to like Cuba or something like that? They think that she
0: might have gone up to South Carolina where her dad had lived Mm -hmm. and lived out the rest of her days. But, again, don't know how true this is. There was, like, a YouTube guy that went down into, um, I think it was Jamaica. It was somewhere in the Caribbean and actually found a death record for, I think that's where they were. I think that that was where they were captured and that they were supposed to be killed was down there. In Port Royal. Uh, it might have been in Port Royal. But uh, they had found a death certificate for her, like, later on in later years. Think so she how, may have lived down there.
1: You, you do a 23 and me. And you find out one of your ancestors was like Ann Bonnie. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty fucking cool. Or any of these guys. Yeah. So, Sam Bellamy.
0: (laughs) Oh, Sam. Yeah, he kind of built himself out of nothing, didn't he? He was kind of like an amateur that kind of built his way up. Yeah, I mean, he definitely...
1: Well, he became essentially from like a financial standpoint, he was the
0: most successful pirate. Uh, and really came, I mean, he was a, I believe he was in the British Navy. And after his time with the Navy was done, he went down and hooked up with Hornigold and our guy Blackbeard that's coming up that we'll talk about.
1: That's that's kind of crazy. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the guy like that served under, so he served under Hornigold and then Hornigold's like second in command was Blackbeard at one point, like that pedigree, that's like the pirate pedigree.
0: It's like a coaching tree in football. That's what I was going to say, it's like the Bilicek <laughs> coaching tree is,
1: is where he came
0: from. Yeah, so that's almost another feather in Hornigold's cap, uh, just the fact that he, I mean, he trained basically what is known as like the richest pirate in recorded history. And it, he was out there slinging it because he only ran for a little bit more than a year. 53 ships they captured. He, I think his ships were just like, they had that much wealth in them. Yeah. Because, like, it was a crapshoot.
1: I mean, the guy we're going to talk about later, um, Bartholomew, had the most ships. Yeah. But still wasn't as financially successful as far as, like, the amount of, like, loot that, um...
0: Why am I missing Bellamy.
1: Bellamy. Bellamy
0: had. Oh, well, just to think about it, it, 53 ships in a little bit more than a year, you got to be knocking those out pretty quick. Wait like, till we talk about Bartholomew Roberts. Yeah, I guess his, his time part. wasn't... Too long. No, he no compared to the amount of ships, it was crazy. Uh, so before we uh, talk about his his guy that trained him, Hornigold, um, Bellamy had a very interesting tactic that they would <laughs> use to board ships, and I gotta say, it proves something that I've believed my whole entire life, and that is that the last person that you ever want to get in a fight with is a naked person because you don't know what in the world they're capable of. If they're willing to go into a fight naked. Like you you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they have made this so. <laughs> like you don't that's the big thing
1: is in your head the first question like if you were to like break into someone's house and the person comes out naked, are you thinking oh they must sleep naked or are they naked for a reason? Were they wearing something and as soon as they heard <laughs> me break in, they got naked. This Cause is go time. Cuz if it's the second one, that's when you even want to get the fuck out of there even more.
0: Yeah. And so as a, a show of power and intimidation, Bellamy would have his guys stripped down. And I'm sure he's probably like, uh, Irish guys, you go in the back. You're, you're a lot less intimidating <laughs> yeah. naked. Um, yeah. Any of the darker stand fellas, let's get to mm-hmm. the front. Let's, let's make this real scary. And would basically, like, they would go out in,
1: like, the rowboats or the faster, <laughs> smaller boats to approach this. And basically watching, like, a group of, like, eight naked dudes with fucking pi- – <laughs> nothing but the bandoliers with pistols and fucking holding cutlasses. The first thing coming if, – if you're that close that they're in those boats coming toward you, like, what are you thinking? You're looking down and you're like, like, are – I I told you this. The first thought is like, if they're naked, is their first intention going to be to like rape us? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What are they coming for the booty on the ship or the booties in our pants? Like the the booties in the ship.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, and it's crazy that that like made it through history that that was one of the the
0: Bellamy trademarks. The Bellamy technique was Mm -hmm. just to get butt ass naked and try to take over. Guys, we're calling a
1: Bellamy on this one. (laughs) I just bought these pants. Um, then we do get again, back to Benjamin Hornigold. We talked about him kind of the godfather and, uh, creating the pirate or pirate republic in Nassau, um, trained Blackbeard, then retired Blackbeard, Edward Thatch. This guy, um, I mean, this guy's been everywhere.
0: Yeah. I think he got his start. Um, it was called the Queen Anne's war. I think he was probably English and he must've fought yeah. in that uh nothing really leads more towards him capturing a ship and naming it the Queen Anne's Revenge mm-hmm. i think that pretty much lent to where his background was it sounds like from all the accounts of him as far as like talking to him and like being around him he must have been fairly well educated because he knew how to read and write which was a pretty big deal back then yeah and so that was sort of like a leg up that maybe he came from more of a educated it, background a, yes yeah
1: I mean, and that's not what he's well most known for. So you got the enormous black beard. He would take matches, which at this point in history, matches were these huge ass things, basically the things that they would use to stay lit to light the cannons. Uh,
0: and then he would
1: put them like in his hat and kind of in his like beard. And so it would look like there was fucking his face was smoking. So you have this guy with this huge black beard
0: that's got fucking pistol strapped all over him and a fucking <laughs> sword. Fucking smoking like the devil. A massive, massive black beard. And he was a very large individual. He was a big, big dude. And that's what Hornigold really liked about him was he was a really imposing figure.
1: And I think he probably has the most savage reputation. And just because of, I think, also the look kind of lends lends credence to that. That
0: that did more for him, I think, than the violence. Again, very violent guy, just like most of these dudes were. Yeah, But the... Almost like the presentation of Blackbeard, a big dude walking onto your ship with smoke coming out of his mm-hmm. beard, which I wonder if they had to do like he had to take a couple months off because it accidentally lit like part of his beard on fire. So it- do you think he would be sitting
1: in his cabin and he had like the person in his cabin attending to him? And he's like, OK, you got to get the matches like, right? Oh, nope, nope. Like this one first. You light them all the way down. So they all kind of burn together. No. Nope. Tuck it into the hat. Is it good? Do I look scary?
0: (laughs) I'm scary? Okay.
1: I'm going out. I'm going out. But
0: You're going to do great.
1: So, you know, this isn't a podcast about Blackbeard directly, so we're just going to kind of touch on his highlights and then his low light. So he operated for a while. He had an armada, I think, of up to like five ships at some point. Um, Again, didn't always take the biggest one, but his most famous ship is the Queen Anne's Revenge. Um, He
0: ends up meeting his end when he... Yes. Oh, we got to talk about his record. Go on. As far as um, Bellamy was the richest guy, uh-huh. he sacked so many ships, 470 ships he had to his name. No, that is Bartholomew Roberts. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, it's right around that time when Professor Adam really jumps ahead and fucks himself up. So <laughs> just go ahead and... We've made it all the way this far. Yeah, it's pretty far, actually. And also, you've
1: corrected me a couple times, so this one is all about people helping people. Yeah, I fucked this up. But, so, Blackbeard ends up getting cornered, I think, like, in a bay or cove. His ship ends up getting disabled, and they get boarded by a guy named, um, is it Captain, it's not Admiral, it's, like, Captain... Maynard, right? Rob
0: Maynard, Rob Maynard? Robert Maynard. So he, Blackbeard
1: gets onto their ship and they said when all said all was said and done, he had been shot nine times. He had over 20 cutlass wounds, so cuts. And then um it wasn't actually Maynard that killed him. He was in command of the ship, but I think a guy that was in on his crew had an axe and it caught Blackbeard in the side of the neck with it and then he ended up
0: um, decapitating him, right? Yeah. I don't mean to correct a correction, but don't we have to talk about his siege on the Charlestown port? Yes. Yeah, so before he died, it, this is such an odd story to tell that it feels like it has to be God fake. just cares about his crew, man. Yeah, it, it seems to be pretty real. Um, they rolled up South Carolina, and they took over the port of Charleston, South Carolina. They <laughs> took a bunch of people on board as like hostages Mm -hmm. and you would think that at that point they're just going to basically take as much money out of the city as their boat can carry. Give us us all the gold and silver you have that's all we want. Turns out the only thing Blackbeard and his crew really wanted was a chest of medicine. (laughs) Valtrex? Yeah and probably a lot of syphilis flare-ups a lot of general awards the, and
1: the general consensus is that because as you can things. imagine stds were rampant at this point as they were throughout most of history and especially when you have a, a pirate culture and everything where brothels or brothels are going to be eh, brothels are going to be big you're going to have a lot of that shit spread around and i don't even think it's legend has it he obviously <laughs> asked for medicine it could have been for other sicknesses but the most common sicknesses that wasn't like scurvy and that shit that took place on pirate ships were STDs.
0: They didn't ask for a shitload of lines. They asked for a shitload of,
1: Mm -hmm. again,
0: something that we've talked about. Penicillin and needles that we can shoot into our dick. No, because it wasn't penicillin. And we talked about this again. Oh, it was mercury, right? Fucking mercury shows its ugly, ugly face back up again. Yeah, with mercury injecting, like, they would inject it into their dicks. Yes. It seems like a real bad place for a point of entry. But just like I asked you a couple days ago, uh, how would that work apparently mercury actually did stop the issues that were going on yeah, with the sinus like the symptoms or something yeah. but
1: at the same time it's poisoning you so yeah. you just have to keep taking more mercury because of the mercury poisoning
0: I, it just it seems like a very odd thing to do it would probably lend a little bit to like the
1: the craziness that also kind of surrounds pirates if all these guys are going around sailing the ocean injecting
0: mercury into their dicks that's a very good point i didn't see that part of uh <laughs> The Johnny Depp movie, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's no. a
1: director's cut.
0: <laughs> Where, like, He's got yeah. a bunch of penis stabbing yeah. in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, they cut that scene for the theatrical releases. But so yeah. yeah,
0: Blackbeard gets his man, chest of medicine.
1: Man of the people.
0: Well, and he... Let's not say that he didn't do anything else because all the people that he held hostage on board, they robbed the shit out of him. They took sure. all their wallets and everything else. The,
1: you're, you're here. I might as well. Yeah. yeah while you're, you're here, <laughs> can
0: you just empty your pockets? <laughs> yeah. While I, while I have you here. But that was all they took. They took the chest of medicine that they got. They took the money out of everybody's pockets. And then they just left port. <laughs> like <laughs> They they had a whole port. They weren't just robbing a ship. It was a whole port that they were holding hostage.
1: That's And that's what ends up getting the bounty put on his head and why... Maynard ends up pursuing him so much. And so after he gets his head cut off, Maynard actually mounts it to the bow of his ship. Um and or was it did he mount it to the bow of the Queen Anne's Revenge when they were selling it back? I can't remember which it was. Yeah.
0: Either way, not a not a a good end for
1: that guy. All right, now we get to the goat. Black Bart.
0: You guys might have heard a little bit about him. I'm sure you know how many ships he captured. Oh, Bartholomew Roberts.
1: So Bartholomew Roberts was kind of known as the most successful pirate. uh, He was a Welshman, too. He was a Welshman. And basically, long story short on this guy, he ends up captaining. um, He gets – he's on a merchant vessel. That gets attacked. He then joins the pirate crew. The captain, his name is Davis, happens to be Welsh, so they develop this relationship where they can have conversations. He's like a confidant. Davis ends up getting killed. The crew – Despite him only being on the boat for a few like a few weeks or a month, mm-hmm. the crew votes him as the new captain. Um, he ends up finding his way back into the Caribbean and basically throughout his two years of pirating, two years captures 400 or, yeah, captures or takes out 470 ships. That's all up and down both South America and North America. He finds himself in these positions where he'll come upon, like, merchant ships in harbor, like, 20 or 30 of them. And he's just able to go around and just completely take them over and offload everything.
0: Well, and he's... uh, Like we talked about earlier, he's the Jolly Roger kind of creator. Every one of his ships has something to do with fortune. Royal fortune,
1: good fortune. (laughs) He's not very original when it comes to naming his ships.
0: No, but uh, there was somebody... uh, Pirates weren't the smartest people. There was a lot of ships named, like, the Revenge and a lot of angry they things. They had a common
1: theme. It was yeah. just scary. It was meant to yeah. sound scary or, or lucky. Um, as, as with all pirates, two years into pirating, about the average time frame, he ends up getting um, into a little bit of a, a scuffle
0: with... Well, he's the big dick. He's taking on naval ships. Yes. Like, he's not just tagging these merchants and these small ships. This is the HMS Swallow. Yeah. Which, awesome, swallow.
1: That's That's great. true. So he gets into um, an engagement with this ship. He was, his ship at that point, because I think one of the the good fortune, the royal fortune had sunk, he was on this ship called, um, oh, was it actually that ship that he was on? I don't remember. Oh, that's right, how he got lured into it. So basically the Royal Navy was pursuing him. He had a ship called the Ranger, a smaller ship with him. They saw that ship on the horizon. And when they saw it, the captain of that British ship knew that he was saw. Uh He turned and started fleeing. He tricked them into thinking he was a merchant ship. And then because he saw pirates, he headed the other direction. So he's like, send the Ranger. It was a smaller (laughs) ship. The British ship allowed the Ranger to track it, like over the horizon where they couldn't hear the sounds or see anything. Uh turned around, broadsided, and destroyed the ranger, and then turned around and tracked um, Black Bart, Bartholomew Roberts, back to where they were going and basically kind of caught them by surprise. And then during the engagement, they were fighting, and the um, ship that they were fighting, it was called like the Neptune or something like that, fired Grapeshot, where we heard Grapeshot before.
0: Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon's Basically just a giant suppressor. shotgun
1: blast and um, caught Black or car, eh, Cart, Cart, caught um, Roberts in the throat. Now, before they could take his body, as was the big tradition of trying to get their body, his crew actually wrapped him up and weighted down his body and dropped it into the ocean so they couldn't desecrate his body. So,
0: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, where he falls kind of in the lure of the world when you said the Dread Pirate Roberts was based on Black Bart. Yeah. Like, that was the jump off for him as the Dread Pirate Roberts came from Black Bart. That makes sense. This also brings me to, I'm not going to linger on this long, but tell me why this wasn't just how all engagements were ended by everybody. Like, just load up all your cannons with Grapeshot, and as soon as they come up to try to board onto your ship, just roll those cannons out to their portholes and just fire Grapeshot at everybody on that ship. Well, I'm pretty sure it was. Well, but I mean, like when the pirates would come to engage them at any point in time, like merchant ships and everything. Yeah, just have like five cannons on there, load them all up with grape shot. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I'm, and I'm sure that was something that they did, <clears throat> but I'm sure that they also kind of created countermeasures that like get below decks. Because also, if you're firing Grape Shot into the hull, I don't know how much it's penetrating. It's true. And then you're also risking, if you're firing a ton of that shit through there, of damaging the cargo
0: that you may be... Because, like, they were after, like, wine. And I, all I'm that talking kind of about defending against the pirates, though. Oh, that's true. Because they're going to be in smaller ships, so if you pull up next to them to board, Grape Shot's not going to go very far, but it's going to spray down onto these smaller... Skiffs and shit. Oh, no, they make them fire it
1: beforehand. I'm not. I'm not a good yeah. pirate. Yeah, it
0: just yeah. it seems like this I'm would have a been a, a into a lot of battles, but now into the mist. It's because, the red herring. Yeah, you can't think about it too much because it would solve everything. <laughs> the myth behind pirates, and we've talked about a lot of them, so we'll skirt over a couple of them. But it's just so how we've created the way that we think about pirates. We always think about them being gross, which again they were STD riddled seamen injecting, yeah that were out there dick making it happen, so but, maybe not so much a myth on that well I also excuse me would counter back and say that these guys a lot of them dressed sort of nice like they were they were stealing silks and linens That's that true. they were making kind of nice jackets out of I'll and, also say this point too
1: so with these naval ships and everything where like in these merchant ships where you're at sea for months these pirates for a lot of their time, were operating kind of where they had, like, home bases in certain circumstances. So they could go back and possibly have some semblance of a bath. Yeah. Or something like that. And And some of them
0: had lives on land that they would go to and from. So they probably were, for all intents and purposes, really gross. But at the same time... Everyone
1: was fucking gross at that point. Yeah. So it's just different levels of fucking gross. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Um, clothing, like I just said, they were pretty brightly, it was a lot like Jack Sparrow, I think, uh, for a lot of their clothing wise, so I think they kind of nailed that. Uh, one really fun thing, pirates, or, wow, pirates and parrots. Parrots were an actual thing, where they would travel down to, um... Like the tropics and pick them up in the Caribbean and all that.
1: They were exotic gifts that could be used for bribes and stuff for like
0: governors and everything. Yeah, dude, who wouldn't want a a brightly colored parrot that can say words to you? They were low maintenance. They lived forever. You've never seen that shit in the new world. No, and they
1: they said that the myth is is that pirates had parrots. Like, you know, the like on the shoulder and shit. It was that they dealt. They were... Pretty much pirates or parrot smugglers. A little bit. And they would yeah. just use parrots as bribes. Yes, there used to be a time in which you could bribe people. Bird law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert on bird law. Okay, this is not technically a myth. All pirates were not murderous. There were a lot of pirates that were murderous. And at some point, yeah, I'm sure pirates had to all of them. There were probably some pirates that maybe never killed a person. Yeah. Just the guy in the back being like, yeah, did you guys see me? I was like, hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Rodney... You just stood in the back and just like yelled and everything. It's like, yeah, but I had your guys' backs in case anyone like attacked
0: us from behind. You kept asking who was making dinner, so you went below deck and started cooking. Like, just it, they would murder. All, all of them, I think, had the proclivity to do that, but that wasn't the first option.
1: So, one thing that I heard too were that um, musicians were really coveted on pirate ships.
0: Oh, I could see that because you'd be bored as shit out there. Yeah.
1: So, the people that could play instruments or the musicians would get, like, a day off a week or something of doing shit. I wonder if the musicians, while traveling with pirates, could be considered pirates. But when it came to fighting, they're just standing in the back, like, holding the fucking guitar and everything (laughs) like that.
0: Like, don't let them get to me. Like, when somebody's like, I was in the army. It's like, you were in intelligence. (laughs) Get get below decks. (laughs) You had a desk job. All right. And as far as bad guys, I think that sort of leads with the murderous definitely a lot of bad guys that were pirates yes but there were also family men that were out there trying to better their families yes they were out there trying to make a quick buck to support the people back home
1: yeah but you could definitely see where the narrative is definitely there as the bad guys because they were operating outside the law they were technically killing people that were innocent and the merchant you know not so much captains and everything like that that were horrible people, but, you know, yeah. innocent sailors got killed. But at the same time, like you're saying, how much of that is also used as propaganda from the countries that are trying oh, to yeah. fight against piracy? Because they're like... Pirates like, didn't write history. And, and how, how often in history have we done that? All the way up into World War II where we were making propaganda, like, demonizing certain people. Like, every oh, every power did that.
0: Yeah. Um I really think that the weapons thing is cool because when you see them, usually it's like there's two pistols on each side. Mm-hmm. you in the cutlass in the front. yeah, across the front. And they really did that because when you're in a battle and you're in a fight, if you pull a gun and you fire two rounds and it jams, you're not having the time to clean that out. So you're dropping that pistol, grabbing another one. Two rounds? yeah, Huh? Two rounds? You don't think they were revolvers? Oh no, they probably weren't revolvers. No, huh? they were the black powder, just okay. the little. Well, ship. yeah, and even in that scenario, that's why they carried
1: so many of them. Because literally, if you carried four guns on you, you had four shots. So it was pull out, boom, drop the gun. Or they said that the guns were so heavy that they would just fucking chuck the gun too <laughs> it's as a, a weapon. throwing weapon. But they said that they would come on and they would have basically the guns first. You would get within like ten feet and then fire, and then your last weapon after you ran out of your guns was when you would pull your cutlass. It was
0: probably cutlass, and then they had, like, a boot knife or something else yeah. on them for, Yeah, and like the cutlasses were, you
1: know, they were shorter swords and everything, and basically they were meant to be able to operate in the close combat mm-hmm. without snagging on the rigging or catching stuff.
0: Um, the origins of pirates, I feel like we've sort of bastardized. Like, you hear about these people that were wronged by society that went out and were just out there to do you know, harm to everybody. A lot of these guys used to be in the navies. Like they were fairly well-respected people that Mm -hmm. were just driven to a point of being like, fuck this worked on his merchant, a merchant marine life and and whatever. Yeah. Uh, You dropped me out of the Navy. I had to work on a slave ship and I hated that. So fuck it. I'm just going to become a pirate and I'm going to make more money
1: and unemployment, the loss of opportunity. And basically you see another way to keep making money. So you go with that and then you just get accustomed to that life.
0: Uh, The power structure that I see, Seems different from what I ever would have thought of. Like before we did this, I didn't think that they were so egalitarian. It was a
1: power structure. You yeah. Thought it might have been Captain, the guy under him, and then everyone else shut the fuck up. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. I, that's exactly what I thought. But we, as we learned, it was a pretty democratic place. Yeah. Like they, they voted on everything.
1: It's very um, progressive.
0: Yeah. The amputees that we talked about earlier, that was sort of like the end of a lot of their careers because you always think of like peg leg pirates or, um, Hook that hand. guy from Peter Pan, hook hands, yeah, hook Captain hands. Hook,
1: not hook hands. I meant like hand, like a uh, hook for a hand. <laughs> yeah. not, uh, I thought his name was Hook Hands. Yeah, well, hook
0: hands. No, Captain but Hook. Those guys weren't shit on ships because you couldn't be out there on that, a peg leg the yeah, entire it, it's time. It's the rocking boats the rocking, rocking back and
1: forth. How are you grip it onto the ropes and like getting grip on a fucking peg leg. So that was usually the end of that. Uh, the
0: end of their careers the when they too, became
1: less useful. The way that that is like almost synonymous with pirates. Like, no, that's just synonymous with any type of like combat. You had people that lost that. So, and the, the eye patch thing getting into that Uh, also the same percentage of people, the rest of the world would have eye patches. It was just like, you lost an eye. You could lose an eye from anything like a sailor on a merchant ship could lose an eye from like a rope snapping or something uh like that.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like the hallmark of a pirate. Some of them did have them. And I guess there was like a myth that they would wear them. So when they would go below deck, that was the other thing that they had in the conducts that we didn't talk about. A lot of boats that had the codes of conduct, mm-hmm. their rule was that you were never allowed to carry an open flame on the ship. Yeah. Cause of all the black powder. Yeah. It, anything could go up. So any flame that you had, if you had a pipe, it had to be a covered pipe. So you couldn't ash anywhere. Uh-huh. And the ember would hit something different. Some of them had like lights out at eight. Uh-huh. like Turn
1: off all the fucking lights. If you want to still like congregate and everything, do it above deck. So all of our guys can get their sleep.
0: Yeah, so one of the myths was the eye patch they would wear over one eye, so when they would go below deck, they would switch it, and that eye would already be accustomed to the dark so they could see better. I mean,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Uh,
0: it does, but at the same time, like... Well, hold on a second. You're going to look dumb as shit if you're up there and you just have one eye covered. that's good. Like, it's going to throw off your depth perception. Here, here's what I'm thinking, though. What if you were, like, loading cargo?
1: I'm not saying they did it all the time because that doesn't make any sense to throw off your depth perception and your field of vision while you're standing on deck looking out over the horizon for shit. Yeah. But if your responsibility was like, okay, you got to take this down to the cargo, I could see them doing that. Yeah. So I'm being like, having the eye patch. And then they do that while they're carrying shit up and down the stairs. And uh-huh. then as soon as they're done, eye patch comes off. But if people saw that, especially in ports, if guys are moving cargo uh-huh. in and out of the ships, they must have assumed, oh my God, did I just solve the eye patch thing? Yeah. They, they would just see a ton of pirates unloading cargo walking around with the eye patches <laughs> on. They're like, man, uh, you guys must have like a lot of bird
0: shit in it's your a eyes. Lot <laughs> a lot of accidents that go on involving the eye. You eyes. guys think you would learn from each other not to <laughs> fucking risk your eyes so much. Uh, let's do pop culture last because I think it'll be the easiest one to talk about. Um, we're in the axe grinding section of this. The pirate accent. Now... I think the pirate accent mostly comes from um, our guy Black Bart because he was a Welshman. Mm-hmm. So you've heard people from the island of Wales talk. It's not an island. It's just part of Great Britain. I thought it was like a little offshoot. Nope. It's not an island? It, it, it's just part of it. It's, okay. like, it's not an island. You so, might be
1: thinking of Ireland because
0: Ireland is the island off to the west. But it's, I thought... Uh, Wales of- is like a toenail, though. Like, it's pretty small. No, it's big. Okay. Well, I was completely wrong <laughs> about that. But that accent, that kind of cockney, weird accent, is what so many people... Well, Welsh is its own thing. Yeah. Like,
1: language. So if you're used to speaking Welsh and you're just picking up certain words and everything, Welsh can have a very, like... It's not rough. It's, like, it's it's fun to listen to, but it's very much like...
0: If you don't have to understand gr- it, it's fun to Yeah, to. It, it would
1: sound really weird. I think part of that too, man, because all of these guys were, were fucking British. Yeah. They well, still yeah. – And it's not like they were born and didn't learn how to speak. They grew up in that environment, so they all spoke British. I think where that comes from is where you're going to hear about like the pirate accent and the savages and everything is these are guys literally boarding a ship. They're not going to be going, I'm going to try to do a British accent and be like, oi, we're here to rob your ship. It's going to be like, oh, and they're going to be yelling battle cries to try to fuck with your head and intimidate you. As you're those eight naked dudes fucking rolling <laughs> up, you think you're going to be like, we're naked, look at our dicks. No, it's going to be like, like these naked dudes are just yelling shit at us.
0: And that could be where you get kind of like the bad guy approach something. Like when
1: you get R, like what the fuck is that? Not,
0: not a real thing. No. R, yar, anything like that. And think that's a perfect segue. It's yelling,
1: it's just, argh.
0: Yeah. National Park apoc- or Talk Like a Pirate Day is something that somehow was born into existence. And I don't know how our listeners feel about it. I am starkly anti Talk Like a Pirate Day. And it's probably just because like I don't enjoy that. Like, I don't like, I, don't, I think it's an invention of Big Pirate. <laughs> you think it is?
1: I think but, it's an invention of Big Pirate to try to propagate the, uh, the myth that we're trying to debunk here about pirates. And speaking of that, pirates in pop culture. <laughs> I mean Goonies. Like stuff people even really don't think about pirate movies. Goonies. One of the most beloved movies ever. The centerpiece is One Eyed Willie. We got Princess Bride, just talked about that again with Andre. Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley. It's one of the main characters. Hook. Who doesn't fucking love Hook? I just watched Hook like two weeks
0: ago. I yeah, I'm not I don't really know a whole lot about Hook. You haven't seen Hook? Is that the one is that the Peter Pan guy? Yeah, that's with Robin Williams. I'd never seen it. Oh my god, you need to watch Hook. I know that there's an alligator and a and Tinkerbell.
1: You're gonna get people people are gonna be upset about this. You're gonna be, yeah. get people commenting on this. I mean like, you
0: haven't fucking seen Hook. That's fine, I'm here for the, huh. the criticism. Muppet Treasure Island? Have you seen Muppet Treasure <laughs> yeah, Island? Yeah. Okay. Shockingly, sh- sh- that's seen the Muppet one Muppet Treasure I've seen?
1: Island and not Hook. Dude, I liked
0: the Muppets growing up. The, I think the Muppets were more my time because Hook and everything seems like it might have been like late 80s. No, Hook was like, oh, yeah, 91. Okay.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Hook was out when you were very small. Yeah, but. but I, Muppets were something that you could enjoy because of the Muppets. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked Jim Henson. That was a lot Isn't of fun. Isn't it crazy
1: how Tim Curry can be that character but also it? And be like the most, one of the most
0: terrifying characters of your childhood, but then like be the character in that movie and not seem like he was just the crazy pirate. Dude, Tim Curry might be the most ver- versatile guy ever because he can go back and forth because he did the same shit in Home Alone. Dude, he was true. like the most terrifying guy ever. That's true. Did Okay. Bellhops alone to a, like a 12 yeah. year old are terrifying or not Bellhops, but the manager of a hotel. Just to put this in your head and we don't got to talk about it any further. Why was Tim Curry Ker- or Tim Curry never the Grinch? I don't know. His face, that smile looks so Grinch like too scary. Yeah, okay. Too close. Yeah. To, yeah maybe a yeah. kid's movie. I, they, he may have tested for that and they're like, nope. Sorry, man.
1: You're already the source of nightmares for a generation from the fucking clown you did. We're not having you ruin the Grinch. But yeah, I mean, uh, Treasure Planet was a movie that Disney did before Pirates of the Caribbean and then you have the entire Parts of the Caribbean phrase. Pirates was, are fucking everywhere.
0: Was Pirates of the Caribbean a ride before it was a movie? Yeah. Really? Yes. That's so many Disney movies have been done from rides now made into movies, but yes. So it was like they wanted sort of like a backstory for the ride, and they created it, I think so huh and then they started like integrating like parts of the movie into the ride and everything uh, there's a series called
1: Black Sails, I think it's too. Good. I just started watching it kind of like toward the end of the research for this just to give myself a little bit of a little taste, a little yeah. dip in the dip in the pond of the pop culture parts. It's a good fucking show,
0: really, so okay. far, so
1: good, I'm like four episodes in so. If I come back and
0: <laughs> make a note to you that it sucked at that point, well, but it was wasn't it? Isn't Rackham one of the characters?
1: All all of them are there.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody. And it centers
1: on and it centers on. Um, oh fuck! It's not Captain Kidd. It's Long John Silver's in there, but the the main... fish the restaurant guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy that with the fish ticks. <laughs> yeah, fuck! I can't remember his his name. Who the main character is in it? Apparently, I haven't been paying that close attention. It all seems right. good. A lot of research, but. Yeah, so, I mean, much, much different from how they've been portrayed. I think a lot of it, what we see is the style. It's mm-hmm. the stylistic part of the pirates and everything. And we do see part of, like, the madness and everything of that, too. But um...
0: Oh, um, one of the cool myths, too, the earrings. Totally accurate. They wore the earrings so if they were killed in, like, a separate area mm-hmm. where they couldn't pay for, like, a proper burial or anything like that, The earrings were taken in lieu of payment for, like, a proper ceremony and burial for them. Really? Yeah, it was like how sometimes—I forgot what culture it is. Like, when you die, they'll put, like, five bucks in your hand or, like, two pennies over your eyes. That might be a cult thing.
1: No, that's not a cult thing. The two pennies over the eyes is what they used to do in ancient Rome. It was the two things for
0: the boatman. Okay. The payment for the boatman. That was sort of the idea. That's kind
1: of—you know what that is? That's like what they—you know, when you tape the quarters— to the back of your belt, so you always had payphone money.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the equivalent
1: of that. Just in case they died in a place, Hiding they... a, hide in a tin spot in your in the under the sole <laughs> of your shoe. Pocket, or they were just shoe wearing money. those earrings. Yeah, uh, Flint, Captain Flint,
0: Guess okay. who he plays
1: in the the main huh, person in that show.
0: But yeah, that's uh, just kind of another cool thing. Like they did wear big gaudy earrings because if they did die, they wanted to be buried properly. So that was like their form of payment that was understood. Kind of cool, but, but that's. Just everything that we know about pirates, I have to lean towards. That's everything we know about pirates. Yeah. We're
1: not speaking for the we as no. in society.
0: Everything that we've learned about pirates so far and what I've seen in pop culture, I like the OGs the best. I. It's cool that you can romanticize something and kind of change it into like they were heroes and great guys and all that stuff. I like these guys better. These guys seem more like real, like, I can put myself in this position way faster than I can put myself into, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean situation. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. You can definitely see why these guys turn to this life. Not saying I agree with it or anything like that. But at the same time, you can definitely see how not being forced into this life but not left with a lot of options after what happened.
0: Yeah, it's appealing as shit compared to the other choice.
1: That's true. All right, guys. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. We will catch you again next week. Peace. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um,
0: please follow us on our social media, Adam, hit him with it. Well, our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod. And we are on Twitter at historically high, that's historically h-i. All right. And if you guys want to send in
1: any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historicallyhighpodcast
0: at gmail.com. Thanks again. Peace.